Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on? Uh, it's Monday, March the second. It's twenty twenty. Yeah, man, that's the ring in the Chinese New Year. It's Chinese New Year uh, today. Second, 2020. Good. Oh, yeah. All right, who's in the chat? Oh, man. Rich Destroy, Richard Benedict 73, guest 5, that's right. But you're supposed to just be the general public, watch your TV, dress the way they tell you to dress, wear drainpipe pants, and so have, have hair that's just a little tuft on top of your head if you're a guy, like a round circle, and watch television, and, and watch all your reality stuff, and content. There you go. Shut up and learn to be a slave. Learn to be a schmuck, okay? That's enough of that. So that's an intro for you. How's that? How's that going? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I got that out of the way. Intro, extended intro, extended hype intro. Call it that. Let's see what's happening. Oh, I guess I'll start out with a quote. I got one from. Our good buddy, Rich Destroy, regular tuner, inner caller, inner personal friend and comrade. And he 
said that if you're going to pay for your own demise, you might as well get a good deal. That's that's wise words. Yeah, you might as well get a good deal. That was falling on the heels of him telling me about he got he got some discount cream. And it's raw cream. It's not the pasteurized cream. It's actual cream from, like, an actual farm somewhere that they sell at a local store. And they throw the stuff out if it's past expiration date. And then you can say, hey, if you're going to throw that out anyway, how about, like, uh, you know, maybe you can sell it to me for cheap, like, the day of so that, you know, you don't end up throwing it away. And they'll accommodate you, which is cool. So that's a good deal. But, yeah, it's uh, cream, raw cream, uh, ordinarily $10, I think, uh, over at the, the uh, Sprouts Market. And Richard's saying he gets it for a dollar. <clears throat> the only downside to that, it's, like, guaranteed to clog your arteries and to kill you with saturated fat. So that's the only downside. So you're getting a good deal, yes, but... Later, you know, what is it, 10 years down the road, it's going to be guaranteed uh, cardiac suture territory is where you're headed. So that that's keep that in mind. Yeah. But, yeah, so what else? Looking at the blog, last night there was a re- Visiting of uh, the veganism de- debate with uh, Logan Blake, so he was on the call, and we had a six-hour. Well, here it's five hours and fifty-three minutes and eleven seconds, but close to six-hour sort of extended discussion slash debate. Took some caller inners toward the end. Uh, Tom called in and a guy named Joshua. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as being constructive, I think it was, for me, uh, as far as kind of getting a kind of a clearer understanding of this particular as a social movement, kind of want to make that clear. I was not, I'm not purporting to know uh, about, yeah, what is the greatest diet on the planet. I'm just very thoroughly convinced that it's definitely not a vegan diet or anything approximating that. And of course, so peop- there'll be people that disagree. There's people that listen to those calls that have been vegan for a long time or vegetarian or what have you. Not really. So, like, with what I just said, just making it clear that I'm not purporting to be an expert. So there's no reason really to get angry with my opinion about whether it's good or not. It's just like that's, you know, my opinion, and I'm not even claiming to be any kind of, like, expert or real knowledgeable in dietary science or anything like that. But the veganism as a movement phenomenon is interesting to me um, as a social movement because at this point, 
Uh, I think that uh, that conversation or debate or discussion last night really sort of crystallized it for me. Uh, Rich Destroy says he feels good now. Well, see, that's how it goes, man. Yeah, if you were to maybe, um, yeah, take take some crystal meth and melt it down and shoot it into your veins, Richard, you'd probably feel pretty good, too. If you were driving a dragster uh, down a residential uh, neighborhood street going 150 miles an hour, that would probably feel good, too. You'd get an adrenaline rush. Doesn't mean you should do it on a regular basis. <laughs> Uh, Muhammad Coat says, every day we kill hundreds of insects just to, just going about our day. Buddhists say many mantras to atone for this. What are the vegans vegetarians doing to, to atone for this? Uh, wow, that's a good question, yeah. Because you have, like, insects, from what I understand, sort of living on your skin. They're skin mites or something like that. And you're like, oh, they're all over you. So you maybe like, I just scratched my side of my nose just now, and I probably maybe squash one of them. And they're really super tiny, so you can't see them. So mantra, how, how, is there a mantra I can say? Right, yeah, it's kind of interesting in that we're talking about this in relation to like specific religious beliefs that people adhere to, like Hinduism, and there's that similarity there. But as far as like this crystallization of this idea to me right now is that this is definitely like a, a form, it is a religion, it's a form of religion. Like listening to Logan, like it was kind of like this sort of very rigid dogmatic thinking but then, like, somebody may come back with, well, Chris, he was appealing to science. Don't you know that science and religion are different? That science is based on facts, and religion is based on faith and just thinking that you believe something but not having any facts to back it up. Uh, science is based on empirical uh, proof of something that exists, and it's based on factual observations. Uh, that's... But the problem is, and I keep trying to get this across and trying to keep emphasizing this, that is in itself a belief. You believe that scientists are doing this protocol, this methodology. You believe that. You assume that. You read that into the whole concept of what you think science is Gen everybody does it uh then there's like there's people like blake there's uh or Lo yeah logan that's like okay he is very emphatic and unswavering in this belief so that if there is a consensus then it absolutely d establishes something is true even though he admits that there there are times when the consensus has been demonstrated to be wrong, then I don't understand what the problem is as far as, like, proposing that, well, as far as this vegan consensus that's alleged to be out there, 
could they not also be wrong in regards to this in this in in much the same way they were wrong about you know viox being a uh you know perfectly legitimate substance for people to take into their bodies and that ended up killing tens of thousands of people could it but but no 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 it's like this is this is a established science and somehow this particular scientific claim is beyond reproach it's beyond questioning we can't we were we shouldn't question it because it's been established with a certain degree of certainty but he couldn't tell me what but he was certain that it was high percent and there was a highly high uh very highly unlikely that it would be wrong but this was based on just like assertions see i I, that's what gets me is like there's really shouldn't be anything that's too difficult to see about the problem with that position especially after what someone's trying to point this out to you and point out the fact that yeah an appeal to consensus is is fallacious because there, if if it was true that a consensus established something is true, then you wouldn't have example after example after example of uh, commonly held, widely held, erroneous beliefs all throughout history. But somehow we're in this era now where that is not the case. But I'm. But should any of us be surprised? Because no, this is the we're entering the phase or this new phase or this brave new world, new world order, whatever you want to call it, and we're seeing the the growth and expansion of this new religion on the scene that's like spreading rapidly throughout the so-called western world and maybe even in china too i don't know i don't know according to what we're told um and you can also get some uh, cooperating evidence out there if you look around like what's on the internet what keeps reappearing People are talking about it a lot more. You're hearing about it a lot more, or maybe it's just me that tuned into it. But it's a, it's a it's a new religious belief system that's being set up. And somebody may say, "Oh, well, you know, this vegetarian, this veganism is not a religion; it's a diet, and it's been around a long time. It's not new. It's like that's true, but it's not. That's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this." Uh, it, it's it, it's it's integrated with animal rights. It's integrated with uh, environmentalism, Gaia theory. It's it's uh, integrated with um, uh, Peter Singer utilitarianism. It's integrated with uh, materialistic naturalistic philosophy, evolution, Darwin theory, Darwinism, uh, secular humanism. It's a substitute secular humanist religious type belief that's. Uh, what is it? It's, you could just throw in a lot of terminology, sort of neo-pagan or whatever. 
but that's that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a diet fad because that's just ridiculous. It's far beyond that. That's why, you know, when I'm when I'm sitting here running my mouth about it, it's like I I, I could understand when somebody why somebody would question like why do you care so much about what somebody else eats, Chris. You're just you're just you're just ate up with what people eat. It's like eh, no, it's not it. It really isn't. Yeah, like really, honestly, why would I care so much about what somebody else eats or decides they want to eat? Like, there's people that like, which is actually as far as strictly if you just throw out every other consideration and, and look at like, just like, oh, what's interesting as far as what people eat? Like, there's there was a story I ran across about a guy who like you know he worked at the same job for like forty years. And he was married to the same woman for that period of time. He lived in the same house, had the same, you know, that he went to work every day. And he he got locked into this routine. And his wife made him a bologna sandwich. And, and it was a couple other items. And he liked that a lot. And he ate that every single day of his life. For 40 years, every day he went to work, he had the same routine, he took the same box of lunch, he ate the same bologna sandwich every single day. Now that, as far as like, would it, would it be an interesting like dietary habit? That would I would rather talk about that if it's just about diet. But that's not, or that type of thing. But it's not, that's not really what it's about and that's not really why I'm interested in it it's 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 a you're seeing a fulfillment of prophecy in front of your face and that's what's that's what's intriguing and fascinating about it for myself because um like I've explained before like you know following along with so-called the conspirator conspiratorial view of history kind of looking at the world through the perspective or through the lens that uh, we li- we're living in a uh, a managed society and the and the culture is manufactured and the things that we take for granted as you know common everyday normal behaviors are actually um, abnormal uh, instilled behaviors that were instilled that were instilled in us from the time when we were very young through the uh, public school system institutions. Yeah, Muhammad Coates says, settled, quote-unquote, science is not science. It's not how the method works. It's a secular religion of pseudoscience. Right, it's... That's what you're going to have to deal with, too. It's that because you're pointing something out, you know that's critical that in the process of being critical of something that's presented to you as science then you're going to get this constant this this or uh not constant but this very common rebuttal to that which if you listen to the to the conversation with with Logan there um it was okay so you don't believe in science if you're saying that you don't believe in this uh this conclusion that's brought about through 
epidemiology, which is they send out a bunch of sur- surveys and then they ask they have, they have these questionnaires and then they compile them and they run this analysis on them. I I made reference to the one. If, if you're going to go into that and like, okay, what are what are valid some valid study or valid study or potentially valid studies or observations that are pertinent and relevant to this? It's like, well, they're going to tell you, oh, the, the Seventh Day Adventists are some of the longest lived people, and why is that? Well, of course, it's because they eat lots of fruits and veggies and and very little to no meat, and there's a lot of vegans and vegetarians in Seventh Day. That's why it's like, well. Then, too, there's the Mormons, and they also have um, a comparable life expectancy and everything. In other words, it's higher, it's considerably higher than the average population in the United States. And they don't have any kind of prohibition against meat. As far as I know, they can eat as much meat as they want. So that cancels that out, obviously. Unless you're going to cherry pick one over the other for whatever reason, it's ideolo- ideological. It's the young man was completely ideologically bent. He's not going to veer off of that. I don't. E- I don't even know if it would have been productive to offer, you know, a hundred, two hundred examples of where the consensus has been wrong. Of there's been observations and studies that do not fit the paradigm. There's the 27 countries that um, Ansel Keys cherry picked and only did nine of them, and then came to the conclusion that saturated fat and cholesterol is bad. But you know he didn't include countries, uh, for instance, like France, who have a high intake of saturated fat and cholesterol and have a low incidence of heart disease don't take into account if you wanted to look at the eskimo uh exclusive meat diet high saturated fat high cholesterol very low incidence of heart disease uh the mediterranean diet the ones everybody like claiming oh it's so good or you know it's like that that contains a lot of fish a lot of butter it contains cheese. It contains dairy products of all sorts. Uh, so, you know this this bunkum about there being some kind of consensus that the vegetable only diet is the way to go. It's like it's based on a lot of conflating of different things that that's not warranted. So he so Blake is going to include the Mediterranean diet in his assessment of like because it includes vegetables, ignore the rest of it and then say oh well this cont- well the, then in that case every diet it's it's logically fallacious kind of from nose to tail there it's completely one there's this whole claim and uh, like like Mahatma Ko is saying in the chat. It's like it's not subtle science. And, and scientists themselves will tell you this. It's like this is not something that, um, you know, when I was saying that, it's not just based on an opinion that I have or um, it's, it's stuff that, that people that actually do science, that's what they say. Yeah, we don't we don't believe in settled science. No, here's here's our observations to date. We see these we we 
we observe these associations, these correlations. But the thing about the papers and stuff is they don't state causation. They're not they're not stating a causation. They're saying there is a correlation, which is totally different. And Logan seems to conflate the two. Like that's that somehow establishes something. And I gave the apartment example. Well, if you live in an apartment and there's, you can find an association between living in an apartment and cancer, does that mean that living in an apartment causes somebody to have cancer? No. That's pretty easy to see. But for some reason, like, that wasn't... It, the the comeback was well they 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 do analysis they're they're not asking them about one thing they're asking about a whole bunch of different things and it's like yes i understand that there's all kinds of different factors but then why is it made the determination that oh it's like meat or dairy that's the cause of this well one explanation is why they have so many papers that conclude that is because you have a highly influential vested interest in the pharmaceutical companies and it is beyond any shadow of a doubt that they have a heavily heavy influence over what gets published in the medical journals and they make umpteen billions of dollars selling stanton drugs it's like one of the highest most highest grossing most profitable drug in existence which that's saying a lot because drugs are pharmaceutical drugs are highly profitable and so there's a lot of money to throw around and the way that the pharmaceutical companies conduct advertising is by way of funding these studies they'll fund a study they'll conduct the study if it doesn't go the way they want, it just won't be published, and they can go on to the next one. And then they could, you know, statistically, you're going to come up with uh, observations, statistics that will back you up. Uh, what we need to communicate to everybody is that saturated fat and cholesterol is bad for you. Why do they need to? Why does that need to be continually reinforced throughout the throughout the decades that this has been prop built up? It's because you need to keep your brand in front of people's face it's like coca-cola they never stop advertising coca-cola never stops advertising you'll see coca-cola banners you go to like a, a fair and they'll have like coca-cola banners it's like man doesn't everybody know about coca-cola by now although they still put money in advertising they still put in pharmaceutical companies they advertise but they have a different approach they'll fund studies and then the studies get put in the, your local news and newspaper oh we've studied fat saturated fat everybody and cholesterol's bad don't forget because we did another study that says saturated fat and cholesterol's bad ask your doctor about Vioxx and then you go ask your doctor, and then they will probably, statistically, it's a high likelihood that they'll put you on statins at some point, because a lot of people are on the statins. And it's all on this presupposition that, oh, your cholesterol is high, you're going to get clogged arteries, we can put you on a drug, and then that that's going to solve your problem, and there's a clear vested interest and then you could pull up these studies and then if you want to just scan a bunch of them and then the list they'll give you the conflict of interest and then you go down in there and you look at all the funding that the 
and the speak speaking uh engagements and all that stuff paid for flights and junkets and everything paid for by the pharmaceutical industries uh lining the pockets of these doctors these doctors come together on these uh boards and then they oh what do they oh guess what they figure oh again that eggs are bad cholesterol's bad it's bad for you um Oh, you know what? They came up with an idea, too, that you might ask your doctor about Stanton drugs. Maybe you could do that. Maybe we'll come out with another report in a few more weeks. So after a certain amount of time, you have the literature just rammed packed full of paid for by the pharmaceutical industry paper after paper after paper after paper because who else is funding all this shit you know um and then you know with with the way the system works you got one hand washing the other and then you got this uh other agenda coming up on the scene um i would propose that it's a wider agenda that this was sort of a a, a plan that preceded the notion of making money off uh stanton drugs i think that the making money off stanton drugs is uh not the not the end all objective of why that was instantiated in the first place that's a hard one for people too it's like oh well they didn't do all of that just to make money it's like I I don't know why making money would always be the end, end motive of everything. Sure, there's money to be made in screwing over the and controlling and manipulating the public, but it's like that's not the absolute end goal. There's other uh, goals in mind, and and. And one of them was to get people onto this uh, so-called plant-based diet, which amounts to um, suggesting that well, if it's plant-based, then you know, and in, in also being the most health, healthiest diet, then they've also incorporated and associated this fake meat and stuff into with it. And by association and implication that that's healthier, better for you than meat. So they're just setting up a future where now we have these biotech industries and stuff that are coming to the rescue, so to speak, Everybody, we got a solution. Uh, we figured out how to put yeast in a vat and have it produce something that kind of tastes like cheese. Uh, we don't have to have this dairy. And it's like, wow, what, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with dairy. It's like, uh, well, yeah, it's killing the planet. Just so happens. But it also just so happens that we have this developing industry. And it also just so happens that uh, Lord Birkenhead predicted it 100 years ago. Um. And it was put in all. It was put in all the all this Huxley's Brave New World and Brave New World revisited, and uh, the Third Wave by Alvin Toffler, and uh, some other predictions of this. I'm sure there's probably more out there. Um, yeah, the future is going to be meatless. Well, how do you predict 
how do you project that far in the future? Hundred years? Come on. How, what sort of develops and inventions and stuff could have potentially came about to you know completely render the idea of having to f- make all this fake shit you know that that you know oh but somehow they can predict it yeah yeah they can predict the reason why they can predict it is because they are in the the same club that directs the course of industry how do they do it? It's pretty simple. It's like they, they're they same people in control of the money system. Uh, the same issue that doesn't get brought up in a conversation about politics very often at all. Like, you know, oh, who controls the money exactly? Uh, can we get can we get a list of these people? Um, and identify them. Like, where do they live? What do they do? What kind of people are they? Uh, how do they end up in control of the money system? Like, who decided that they should be in control? Um, oh, is somebody going to tell me that nobody's in control? Because I'll tell you they're full of shit. Somebody's in, con- in control of the money system. Who? Well, Chris, it's Federal Reserve Bank. That doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> Sorry. Because that's a federal reserve bank that doesn't even mean nothing i'm i'm talking about i want to i want specific i want names where they're from what their family history is you know just like you can look up joaquin phoenix like what is what is his history what is his well that's secret chris you don't need to know nothing about these actors or where or these basketball players or anybody else that's we're gonna we're gonna keep that secret and concealed from everybody as long as we're going to have movie stars and basketball players, you're not going to be able to find out any information whatsoever about them. Would that fly? No. Uh-uh. Do 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 I got a donation from Matthew Sims. Thanks, man. Um, And I got a donation from some other folks prior. Daniel Neely, 200 bucks. Tom Hansen, 25 bucks. John Roberts, 100 bucks. Fakeologist, 9-11. Tom Hansen, twenty-five bucks. Diogar, Diogar Martinez, twenty bucks. Peter Carey, seventy-five. Michael Day, forty. Matthew Rouse, thirty-three. Matthew Sims, twenty. Yes, people donated multiple times too. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, I yeah, like I was talking about, I got some software. I use. Um, See Photoshop and Dreamweaver, the Creative Suite. Pay for that every month, and that comes into the. I don't probably think I would necessarily have all of that if I wasn't trying to operate the blog and do all this. Um, well, I mean, it depends, whatever. But yeah, and yeah, buying software and then paying for the stream and the hosting and uh 
yeah it's uh, out of pocket stuff and i appreciate folks who want to help me out it's really nice let's is uh got a caller in her here um out of california living out there in that wacky left coast that craziness going on out there yeah there's a law they just passed i was told that if you live in california they will not let you be an independent contractor as far as a 1099 that's is being done away with they said in california so that in order for you to do business in the state of california according to this that you will have to be incorporated which that sounds pretty extreme but that's what i heard i heard that's going on I'm going to take a minute of a break and then we'll come back and then we'll take caller enters and I'm going to get this I'm going to play an ad goes out to Matt Sims he's the most recent donor I'm going to play this one Hi, this is Dr. Bill Duck at drbillduck.com. Are you tired of dealing with all the nonsense questions and red tape with medical doctors and plastic surgeons? Are you interested in the field of surgery or plastic surgery but can't afford medical school? Go to drbillduck.com today and pick up Dr. Bill Duck's Handbook of Home Surgery. Dr. Bill Duck's Handbook of Home Surgery is a wealth of information in the field of home surgery. No more dealing with healthcare providers or government regulations. Perform home surgery on yourself or your loved ones, including bone, vital organ replacement and removal. Cosmetic or plastic surgery, including breast and buttock augmentation and reduction. All forms of surgery are included in this handy little guide. Only $99.95. $99.95 for listeners just like you. Make sure you check out my syndicated radio program, The Dr. Bill Duck Show, on stations just like these. Dr. Bill Duck's Handbook of Home Surgery. Cut out the middleman and cut out anything else you want. The Dr. Bill Duck Show. Go to drbillduck.com today. That's right, drbillduck.com. Right, that's Dr. Bill Duck, Dr. Bill Duck's Handbook of Home Surgery. I don't know if they've done a, maybe a recent, a recent um, revision of that where they include, like, yeah, how to do your own... M to F, male to female, or female to male, all of that. I think that's into that's integrated in the new um, renditions of that book. Uh, so yeah, and Blake Logan, he said something to the fact like, "Oh, you wouldn't do your own brain surgery, would you?" It's like, well, obviously he hasn't um, read Doctor Bill Duck's handbook, Home Surgery. And know how easy it is if you follow the step-by-step step instructions that are in the book. They have illustrations. I think the brain, that when you get into the neurology section, it's color. They put, it's like color in certain pages. 
very detailed so it's like yeah here's some blood vessels watch out for these it's, it's, it's easy just use a sharp scalpel uh run it under the hot water because you don't you want it sanitized wash that scalpel you know it's all safe he emphasizes that yeah wipe down with a wipe down with a clean towel or maybe a sanitary wipe or something if you have those hand sanitizer or something like that clean the area before you jump into just cutting yourself open doing surgery so because i because people there's controversy around this book like people say oh it's not safe oh you shouldn't be doing home surgery blah 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 wah wah crying about it but it's no it's legit uh one two check one two check wait a minute dang it caller under sound effect one check is that a one two check one two that's right one two check going on hey hey, how you doing trying to recover you're recovering um yeah how are you feeling oh i i uh I, i i don't I don't know what I mean. I I don't know what to think now. It's like kind of like, um, I feel like a little bit kind of like discouraged because it's like yeah, it's kind of like the uh, appeal to kind of fundamental kind of basic logic doesn't seem to like really work in this arena you know it's like wow the mind control is pretty darn thorough and inset for sure like it's like wow kind of kind of like those uh what is it like machu picchu you know how those rocks are and uh they say that you can't fit a like a piece of paper between <laughs> any of these rocks you oh know, yeah no matter no matter how complicated they are, it's kind of like that. It's like there ain't no room for them to consider anything other than what they already know and what everybody knows in the consensus. Yeah, that was the takeaway, right? <laughs> Which, I mean, like, it was, it was fun. It was fun to listen to. It was fun to talk a little bit, but... Yeah, like when I woke up today, it was just like, what the hell was this even for? It's maybe it actually just reiterates the point that, yeah, uh, there is no convincing vegans until they convince themselves by destroying themselves. Yeah, that's disturbing. Uh, that, that's that's the thing about it, too. It's like it's disturbing on, on different levels, um, especially when you're familiar with like stuff like brave new world and you're familiar with these predictions and then like you're 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 interacting with people who like are such a such a vivid sort of representation of that where it's like uh you know the the future of humanity that's going to just 
um, everything is going to be this appeal to experts. Experts are going to run every aspect and detail of, of your life. Uh, there's going to be this further removal of human beings from nature uh, to like this, like in Brave New World, the way it's depicted is like to this extreme uh, level. And that's like, God, that's really going to happen. It's like, and then you talk to Logan Blake and it's like, holy shit, this is really going to happen, isn't it? It's like, well, uh, kind of depressing. He's already, he's already living in the utopia that we're all headed for. Yeah. Which is just, you know, hey man, will you eat sawdust if science tells you? And he said, yep. I said, well, man, there you go. What can I say after that? I mean, I mean, it's it's not that surprising. Sawdust is vegan. It is vegan. I can't. Yeah, there's no denying that. I mean, gosh, how is it great? Is it for like corporations like to have a society of Blakes? And it's like, hey, man, we could just we gotta we got all this excess sawdust around. And you think we could feed this to people? It's like, no, no, no. It's like, I don't know. We got. We'll f- what we'll do is run some uh, peer-reviewed studies, and then, uh, exactly. and then, yeah. yeah. The next thing you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know that, you know that, you know, because McDonald's, you know, there's well, one of the things that's is well known to be um, sawdust is like the the shakes at McDonald's. They don't have any dairy; they have sawdust. So. Dairy's dairy's out, sawdust is in. Right, right. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like down at Home Depot, you can probably buy like a, uh, you know, like a four by eight sheet of particle board for I don't know twenty five bucks or something, right? Like a good three quarters thick or something. But if you start selling sawdust as breakfast cereal, you're going to be getting, you know, I don't know, four bucks, uh, four bucks for twelve ounces or something. You know, it's oh, like yeah. uh, they're obviously going to be making a lot more money on their on their sawdust. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. Blake's uh, Blake's customer number one. You need more of that demographic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a a good point. Like the potential profit in like yes, wood pulp or um, you know like. Because cause here's, here's another thing that you'll hear vegans say a lot is like all this stuff they're feeding to the pigs and cows, they can feed the people and, and we can cut out that, you know, it's like, yeah, they're but they're eating like soy husk and corn husk and stuff like that. It's like, that doesn't sound good to me. It's like, but I, I, I already... I could already see them like with their, the, the corporations now are like, oh, how do we turn... Uh, corn husk into like some kind of breakfast cereal and you know exactly. well hey man what's it's uh what was it like oat holes and wheat chaff you know that's uh breakfast of champions like um yeah like the how how much fiber do you think just straight up corn husk has in it I think it's got an adequate amount uh, well, yeah, adequate, right? Exactly. I mean, you're not going to be needing Met- Metamucil after that, so I don't know. Well, that's uh, what is Metamucil? Is it just? I think it is kind of like a a product that's some kind of like ground up husk or something, isn't it? 
<laughs> I, I never, never needed it, never used it, have no idea. Yeah, it's, uh, but I think it comes in different flavors, if I remember right, from the ads, so. Yeah, they'll flavor it, and uh, yeah, that's great. Like, that's um, an example of that, where it's like, yeah, we could either feed this to the hogs or we can like dry it grind it up and put it in a container and pay for some marketing and then next thing you know like people with bowel trouble they'll say that and then a lot of the stuff that's out there says like well yeah a lot of a lot of people's gut issues and bowel troubles is from fiber and the solution they'll give you is like oh take more fiber Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really mysterious actually. After, after you live the carnivore lifestyle for a while and you realize that, Oh uh, yeah, this whole thing about fiber was, wow, that was oversold. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. I guess your body, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I guess what were the, what were the dogs doing all these years? What were the, every carnivore animal? Well, how, how, how they, how they do it without the fiber? Oh, uh, yeah, fiber is something you clearly don't need. Um, yeah, it works just fine without. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, it's, it's mysterious. I don't know what these people are, you know, it, it's just like what everybody knows, what everybody knows. It's just, it's, it's dangerous stuff, like what everybody knows, you know? We've got to gotta watch out for what what everybody knows like if everybody knows it there's a good chance there's not a whole hell of a lot behind that i think maybe that's like that that might be something you could draw from this yeah it's like um the formulation of the well you see the future shaping up and it's like this this system of yeah everything just being further denatured artificial synthetic um the entertainment and everything turning into this kind of gray goo the music the this you know the really obnoxious canned synthetic pop stuff you know and yeah all of that and then not only that, but like kind of observing the youth and it's like, wow, that stuff actually truly is popular with them. You know, it's like, um, and it appeals to them, you know, and it's been, and it's been marketed to them brilliantly so that they actually do enjoy it and love it. And it's like, and it's a lot of it has to do is like, well, they haven't been exposed to anything else. They really don't know any better. So it's kind of like if you have a kind of a captive audience like that, it's like, yeah, you can sell this garbage to people and then they embrace it. And that's like, that's another thing too, because you have this, you have this um, atomization of culture where it's like the youth come up and they're being, they're being raised by a completely different set of people than their immediate family they're being raised by the 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 tablets and the uh and then their teachers and then but not the teachers but who's ever influencing the teachers and setting the curriculum and then the um the stuff on the periphery you know the 
peer pressure and stuff and then that now that's all informed by the internet and uh the stuff that's out there so you know you go to youtube and go to, if you want to know what's popular among the youth it's like one of the things that they're gonna that's gonna give you an indicator of that it's like you got to look at what's being promoted as being popular because like a lot of what young young impressionable people are going to look to something that's got social proof well what has the social proof that's going to be on uh youtube trending and you'll Mm -hmm. see stuff that's trending and it's like okay why is this on trending it doesn't have even a quarter of the views that this other video i just watched that's not on trending and it's like uh, yeah, here's this video has comparatively low view count. That's a dude putting on makeup, and then like if you right. you know per- periodically check trending, the dude putting on makeup is like always going to be there. And, and like if you look at the view counts, it's like, well, is he there because his view counts, or is he there because this is part of an agenda that's being pushed? Right, right. You know, one one thing I notice with uh, having kids and uh, is, is that you know uh, we don't have a television, but I'll let my kids watch some YouTube now from time to time. And if you leave the automated play the next video thing on, it does not matter what your initial search term is, you're going to end up with something incredibly degenerate after about twenty minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so it just—it's—it's basically this. This thing is just headed into the cesspool, no matter where you start. It doesn't—it just doesn't matter. Pretty funny, actually. Like, so, like, is that—is—is that just random, or is you know, like you say, is there an agenda? (laughs) It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I—I—I can think of all sorts of things. Like, if you basically say how how do you you know how do airplane wings work or you know, how do you, uh, you know, how can a blacksmith make an ax blade or something like that? You know, and then, yeah, exactly. 15 minutes later, you're like, exactly. We just said like, you know, boys putting on lipstick. Yeah. It's, um, of all the things, you know, how many different yeah. channels are there on YouTube that could, you know, could possibly well, I, I end know. up on training. Yeah. Like why would you like right. why would tre- right. why like why would the Google trending feature ever need to feature the same channel more than one time in a given week or something like because there's so many to choose from and there's so many potentials for a video to surge in views that they could say oh this mm-hmm. will go on the trending um, but no you see this reoccurring pattern of like mainstream media on trending and then very specific types of youtube channels go, going on trending and then going on trending is going to is going to further push you up in your view count and your ranking and it's going to be another kind of self fulfilling uh social validation feedback loop that 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 you that certain people can get inserted into and it's like, right? It's like, yeah. How does how does fame happen for some people and not others? It's like, is and then and then you look at certain people that are put out there as talents, and he's like, okay, how the hell do they get famous? Like, what the hell is going on with this yeah. person? Like, how are they famous? It's like, exactly. it, you know, it doesn't make any sense unless it's somehow or another they got some kind of like leg up um, to be to be famous there was some recent youtuber 
young lady that um this would be an example of this like she got some kind of like uh it's one of the i think the like the 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 award for uh youtube creators the sort of annual award for that and the, and this 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 young woman that got it like all these people were just really taken aback like of you know all the youtubers like why why because you know she, like her content is not in any way beneficial to anybody it's sort of the the kind of the really standard lowbrow um kind of uh bottom feeder type thug crap you know that like it's degenerate stuff and it's like you know and um it, you know and then people were like oh you know outraged by it you know like why her it's like because well one thing she's vegan and then you know she is kind of like this uh you know has, projects this particular image that is trending now and then that's like if you kind of add up her uh, points as far as what needs to be trending then she's going to check off more boxes than this other popular YouTuber that gets way more views that's out there planting like 20 million trees as part of his shtick you know and then oh I'm doing this for the environment or whatever or a stunt or whatever but yeah really try hard and really doing it and really getting the views but not getting the awards you know so there's that so you know he's, right. he's it, it, pushing it, the agenda but not the he doesn't have as many check boxes as this chick even though you know she's a pretty poor role, role model in any other arena but you know she's yeah. awarded it's kind of like the MPAA won't tell you what their rating system is but you can infer it I, actually, what is it? You can use inductive logic, or no, the inductive science to figure out basically what it takes to have a rated R movie versus like, you know, rated G or whatever, right? Um, yeah, but I think like, yeah, when you start seeing this, it's pretty pretty easy to figure out what the scorecard actually is, you know, and it's, it's just going to be whatever is the most degenerate trend that we want to see this particular year. And, you know, it's, it, it, what else do you need now? You know, it's, uh, YouTube, I mean, when, when you, when you think about like how, how Google has changed since, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, let's just say 2005 or something like that. It is just, it used to be just incredible, incredibly, uh, useful tool. And I just find myself like not using it very frequently any longer it's because, um, yeah, it's like the, the generally speaking, if you're trying to research anything interesting, uh, the search results are just not until you get to page like forty-seven. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I just I'd like to know if if Google has its own uncensored version of Google that Google gets to use, you know, or if or like, is there oh. any way? Does anybody have access to like the old Google? You know, still still indexing the web that we have currently. Yeah, doing it the same way that uh -huh. it used to do it. That, that's doing, a good question. Doing exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the before they pulled the bait and switch. That's a good question. I wonder. I'm sure there. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, like yeah, because that's so easy to do. Just like yeah, you have a. You're gonna have a. You know, your different. You know, your legacy versions of your software on yeah, tap I somewhere. Just, all I want is a Google 2005 emulator. <laughs> you could, I wonder if they'll let you subscribe to that for like 
twenty nine ninety nine a month or something like that. Google Classic twenty nine ninety nine a month. Right. <laughs> so you want the uncensored? That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think you find a lot of a lot of takers at twenty nine ninety five. I would. Um, I don't know. I could. It'd be hard for me to afford it, but I. I think I would maybe try to do it. I don't know because uh, might be worth it. Um. Yeah, because you can pay to not have ads on a lot of platforms. Why? Why can't you just pay not to have some rigged? agenda-driven horseshit search engine, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's because it defeats the purpose, like why it was created in the first place. I think that's that's the main reason. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I talked about, too, how isn't it so interesting this is one thing I, I, I've never heard anybody else talk about. It's that, you know, marveling at the uh, idea that we have, like, all these big corporations sort of, like, pushing the very similar agenda. You know, Disney, Google, uh, you know, the the major media outlets you know cnn and all that and uh facebook uh patreon paypal uh just about anybody who's anybody in the you know the fortune 500 high profile like amazon or something they're all on board with this agenda that's amazing isn't it Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. You have to almost ask yourself, like, what is the what is the largest corporation in the United States that doesn't subscribe to this particular uh, point of view about you know like these these most popular five or ten um, uh, items in the in you know uh, transgender. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one that comes to mind first. But I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, we've got to turn girls into boys, boys and girls. We got to uh, get everybody on GMOs. GMOs are awesome. Um, everybody needs more vaccines. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, manufacture, you know, everything in China if possible. You know. Uh, oh yeah, believe everything that you hear. It's all. Um, you know, you, you got to take every, you know, it's, it's one, a good, a good friend of mine talking to him earlier today and he's like, not really somebody who worries about stuff, but all of a sudden he's all spazzing out about, uh, Corona. And it's like, oh, yeah. who, who did you talk to, man? He's like, no, it's, it's like, it's in, it's in the news. I know people who are working in hospitals and now they're starting to get really worried. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. Don't worry. Why? why that's 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 the this is the freedom that that I think that you have uh, been instrumental in, like offering people is to like realize that most of the things that you've been afraid of are not as portrayed, you know. And I suppose like just getting older, you kind of eventually start to see like most of the things that were, you know, that you could get all in doom and gloom and upset about like, oh, the, you know, acid rain, you know, it's going to destroy all the forests and hasn't really happened. And that was a long, long time ago, you know? 
Oh, acid or, rain. That's a good know. one. Yeah. Uh, peak, uh, peak, peak oil. Yeah. Oil. It seems to have kind of come and gone. And I mean, that seemed like something to get pretty. Yeah. Boy, if you ran out of, if you, if you went over the peak and all of a sudden oil got really expensive and you look at like, well, all the food that you're eating in the grocery store comes on trucks and all the food was produced on, you know, using machinery or, you know, it's the, the whole production system obviously depends on it. And everything depends on oil. Like basically everything in the economy, you can kind of like trace back to oil one way or another. You know, it's just like how far, how many steps do you have to go back before you're talking about an oil well? It's that, that's, that's the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I get, yeah, the, the peak oil story was like kind of, kind of compelling there for a while, but yeah, it didn't really pan out. And, you know, it was, people got worried, but, uh, you know, it was for nothing. Or you could look at Y2K, you know, God, no, I know a guy who like, he had a backup generator for his backup generator, you know? <laughs> and, and I don't know, like, does he still have like the MREs at, you know, however many 20 years later now, uh, what's he doing with all this stuff? He, he, there's never been like a single event that he, uh, he needed to eat a single, single bite of any of that stuff. Oh. So yeah, I'm just kind of coming around to the idea that there's not a hell of a lot to actually be worried about. You know, everybody. Oh, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get cancer. You're gonna get heart disease because you're eating meat. And it's like, but if I but if I'm feeling good, why would I worry? You know, and I don't know. Like, uh, I was gonna. I would like to ask Logan. Like, um, how does he know? Like, if he goes outside in a rainstorm, how does he know if he'll get wet or not without consulting a study? Like. Uh, <laughs> Does he? What was his opinion, what was his thoughts be on that? Like, yeah, you know the thing is, is like you, you just wonder, like, is one of these questions going to crack him? You know, I don't think so. No, uh, <laughs> just, no it's like, yeah, how how do you know yeah. to go to the doctor? You do it. Do you do it? Yeah, when you're feeling good or or when you're feeling out of sorts. Well, how do you determine if you're out of sorts? Yeah. Like you, you feel it. Does does your the way you feel like tell you that there might be something wrong, or is that something that's irrelevant? Like you have no clue until you get to the doctor and then they tell you. Like, um, yeah, that that was kind of what I was getting at with him yeah. yesterday. Just really trying to explore what reason do you have to believe that how you're feeling is not an indication of your health. Like, I mean, I thought that's like basically what health is, is, is like a sense of wellness, you know? And, and, and for him to basically just always put this little asterisk temporarily, you know? <laughs> okay. I, cause, yeah. cause I guess he has clear points about the future. Well, it's the consensus on, um, saturated fat and cholesterol that, we we already know it's a foregone conclusion that 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 is going to get you. Um, so you can say whatever you want about how you feel, like in the moment or you know the time being and whatever. Logan knows that in the future you are going to get clogged arteries. It's just a matter of time. Um, right? Because yeah. you, is that what dogs die of too? I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like wolves. Mm, they, they, the wolves they, die of like uh, cholesterol. Overdose of heart disease and cholesterol, and exactly. 
Well, then, then you then you'll be told, oh no, because they're obligate carnivores. Like there is such a thing as an obligate carnivore. Like a, I don't I don't know what that would mean because you can take a dog and feed it kibble. But oh, absolutely, but I mean, like, there, that's what dog food is most of the time. It's, it's just it's like yeah. when you when you start hearing about dogs that have diabetes. Oh yeah. Uh, they probably weren't eating meat exclusively. No, no. That's my guess. No, you, I heard somewhere too that that you there's you can't get diabetes without uh, carbohydrates in your diet. You have to have carbohydrates to get diabetes. I heard, but you know. I'm not a doctor, but yeah, yeah, but, but well, yeah, but 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 fat causes diabetes. That's Doctor Gregor said so. You know, it's, I, I mean, we're 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 going down in like some insane world here. It's like it's I, I I get that. Yeah, I don't have studies, but the thing is, it's like there is a sense of uh, yeah, simultaneously one you realize that yes, the things are being discovered from time to time, but on the other hand. The stuff that's being discovered, I think, for the most part, is not fundamental. And like, if if you have like a long period of history, well, let me just kind of back up. Time is a filter, right? So things that work over long periods of time usually have a good reason for. For, for lasting lasting through that time, you know, like basically, like so. The thing is, is like whatever the pop music is today, is clearly going to be forgotten. So you know, a hundred years from now, nobody will have ever heard of whoever is popular right now, Justin Bieber. I don't even know if he's popular anymore. You know, it's just like these kind of like uh, shit, complete not non talented uh, people who just happen to you know have like the right YouTube personality or whatever. Um, but People will still be listening like J.S. Bach in a hundred years. You know, time is a filter. So yeah, yeah. I, I think you could you could say exactly the same thing about diet. If people have been eating meat for you know basically forever, eating meat is a good idea. If people have only been eating broccoli for four hundred years, that could actually be like not necessarily the greatest idea. And uh, and then the idea of like people eating only broccoli type uh, things in the broccoli family um, like uh, you know just vegetables that, that's 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 a that's a new experiment and that's that hasn't really had time to to work out and I mean like I what was it what was it Pottinger or Potinger I don't even know how you pronounce that but that, I mean that guy did those experiments here how long ago maybe 80 years I'm guessing something like that 80 years ago say and he I mean, was he a liar? Was that not science? And it, it didn't seem like uh, it. It didn't really work out so well for the cats that were eating like the cooked food and the, you know, the pasteurized milk and all this other kind of stuff. And it and it turned out the ones that were thriving were eating something that looked kind of like a diet that you know cats might naturally choose for themselves over long periods of time. Why is any of this stuff surprising? Do you really need a study to kind of like intuit? Uh, you know, what's happening through observation and like what your parents have done or, you know, many, many generations. I, I don't know. Well, yeah. Um, 
And isn't that sort of, wouldn't that be important if you're going to make a determination about like what, 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 what should be the diet for everybody, you know, in the future and, you know, uh, yeah, the a multi-generational study, um, yeah, yeah, I, generational yeah. seems like a great idea. I think it would be something that would be uh, indispensable if you're going to make a, 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 a determination like that. Oh, n- nobody needs to eat meat anymore. Uh, we figure this out. It's like, yeah, how many, how many like studies? You know, because because I, I went into that. Like, how many studies have been done with like real controls on the on the subject matter? And um, and and Logan's so so ignorant about science he doesn't even know what i'm talking about it's like he he thinks he could magically run some statistical numbers and then compensate for the fact that um yeah you have all this super complex biochemistry going on in people's bodies you know and you you got you got them eating multiple things like sugar flour like we mentioned you know and it's like oh somehow they can run a they can run numbers and sort all that shit out it's like no, right. that's that's well, fairy tale thinking. Logan himself isn't really vegan because he was built out of not vegan. You know what I mean? Like when he was growing up, right? And so, granted, I mean he's been vegan for X number of years, but the thing is, like he himself has not done the experiment, like you know, as, as a vegan from birth or something like that. You know, and I mean, no, you you don't really hear people advocating for kids not having breast milk these days. That's not vegan. You know, why, 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 why should they have this? Is there anything that they actually need in that? Like, is there anything in breast milk that an infant couldn't get from another source? <laughs> you know, if you want to use this kind of like snart, swarmy, smarmy little. I think I've kind of heard that argument made though, that yeah, it's not really necessary. I mean, that was definitely, uh, the thinking of some decades past, but I think it's still sort of there that people would make that argument that you don't really need breast milk, you know? And I mean, I guess there's an argument to be said. It's not like you're going to die without it, but, you know. Yeah, there's like the issue of like, well, can you can I guess make the case that you can get by without it, but um, it's because you can get by without it. Like your your infant can get by without it doesn't mean they should. Yeah. Well, you sent me that video a few months back where it was like the vegan um, like homemade formula. And what was it? It was like start like vegans starving their kids or something. Yeah, it was like I was a, like a, a, um, a compilation of yeah, making or, vegan formulas. Man, that's a lot of work right there. I know. Like, what the hell? Like, how hard is it for a woman to breastfeed? Like, is it is it really hard? I don't I don't know. I've never done it, but I can't imagine it being that. So inconvenient that that you would in, instead of doing that you would go through this big big procedure to make vegan formula. They're like, yeah, it's pretty. Like, how would anybody get the idea that that's good for a child? That's it. That yeah, that is yeah. bizarre. 
It's complete. It's well, complete. Vegan is going to be good. I mean, wait. Yeah. This is this is like no sarcasm. This is or not sarcasm, but I mean, like this is actually real. Uh, yeah. A vegan uh, formula, like you mix it. It was what was the thing, Richard, that they put in there that was like all of them were adding it, but it was in a package. It was like some moss or something, moss, um, heat moss powder or something like that. I remember because I remember there was, yeah, I remember some kind of a powder. I don't remember was it was it in all of them? Maybe it was. I they didn't. I re, I feel like I remember one of the guys saying something about spir, spirulina. I, I don't know. If mm. Mixing that up and probably not what you're talking about, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It was various different, uh, concoctions that people were putting together and I was just thinking too, like, that's got to taste terrible. Like how, how does that even taste good (laughs) unless they really sugar it up? Well, it's, it's probably fortified with sawdust for optimal brain development. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're that like the uh there was some some movie that had a had a character that was a tree like that's like yeah if you're that guy you need the sawdust in your formula <laughs> like where yeah where do people get these ideas man it's like like we're already in this kind well, of like what's even yeah. more interesting to me than that is the idea that they convinced, like, universally, like, the majority of women back in, like, the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, that was, that was just, I mean, I've had people recently, older, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of old ladies, so, um, I've had older women telling me just recently that, you know, oh, nobody did that, nobody, nobody breastfed back when she, when I was having kids and things like that. Like I've heard that so many times. I know my, my neither of my parents were nursed. Um, and that was, so that's even more interesting to me that they convinced the majority of at least American women that, Oh, you don't, you don't do the, there's no point in breastfeeding. Like we have, we have this, uh, powder stuff here like that's what you you, you, you want to make sure your child's getting fed well this is what you do i mean and people fell for that it's just yeah. amazing to me oh yeah yeah i i yeah, I, I remember that and um yeah there was uh this book by this dr spock and right. it was yeah. it was promoted right. in the media and put out there, and, and it's like yeah. And then today it's regarded as like yeah, he's regarded as a quack, and you know he he was advocating for baby formula instead of, uh, and then like of course that's been repudiated. Repudiated. No, it's been I, debunked. I've read even recently, like he still seems like kind of highly regarded. Uh, the, the from what I you read online. Oh well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he is in mainstream circles. Yeah, kind of folk hero uh, and commie. Think, I'm pretty sure he's a he's a commie. <laughs> he's a commie. He's a commie. Good com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know my uh, my my mom's mom. She she went. She was pretty pretty. I don't know. I guess strict from what I hear about following the Spock guidelines on her child rearing and 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> my mom's like, well, my my grandmother would. Uh, she had all kinds of comments about how we coddle my daughter too much and 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 things like that when she was younger and and I don't know. But then my mom, who I guess didn't get coddled much, my mom is definitely like got some emotional issues and and various issues that I really kind of link back to probably her her growing up with my grandma being the way she is. And I guess you could thank a lot of that to uh, Dr. Spock. Yeah, because uh, one of the things that Dr. Spock would advise is like, um, yeah, you want to separate the toddler from the parents and put them in their own room in their own crib yeah. because that that uh, yeah it encourages independence or something like that some mumbo jumbo and it's like yeah there was like no basis for any of that and it's like probably contributed to like a lot of childhood psychological issues abandonment issues like that it's like it, the it, there's probably just all untold ongoing repercussions from all that bullshit that was put out there Mm -hmm. and um that was just accepted as like uh yeah that's that's what you should do but what's what's amazing too it's like how does a book like that by this so-called expert come a necessity oh i missed the last part of what you said there what was it how does a book how do you get uh how do you get a a culture a society a people group mm. that needs a freaking book to tell them how to raise children. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's or, crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I mean, I guess there's, it, wrong. you can have books that might be guidelines and stuff, but that it becomes like this, this thing that everyone's holding up as the standard. That's kind of, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I've wondered, I think that was why I was, poking around reading about him one day I, I, I was kind of curious like if there's some interesting ties with him and I'm sure there probably is I don't I, I honestly I didn't look too deep into it but yeah I bet there's some pretty notable links in his uh, circles and whatever and like I said yeah I'm pretty sure I was reading stuff about uh, there was like I think he, I don't know, there was some, there was talk of him being, you know, tied up with the communists and yeah, stuff like that, I, I believe. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, that's pretty, it is pretty interesting that, 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 that guy and, and the stuff that he was, he was call you know, suggesting and stuff that that was like the, the, the standard everybody seemed to hold up. Yeah, but the yeah, expert. Yeah, maybe don't, you don't want to develop like too close of a connection with them because they gotta grow up and uh, be independent adults that can go work for a man. You know, uh, his he's a Doctor Spock. Uh, 
1903 to 1998, died in 1998. American pediatrician whose book, Baby and Child Care, 1946, is one of the best-selling volumes in history. The book's premise to mothers is that you know more than you think you do. That's kind of a bizarre statement, considering that, like, yeah. oh, you know what's going on, but listen to me. Um Spock was the first pediatrician <laughs> to study psychoanalysis to try to understand children's needs and family dynamics. <laughs> so he's like doing this Freudian horseshit. Uh, yeah, his ideas about child care influenced several generations of parents to be more flexible and affectionate with their children and to treat them as individuals. However, his yeah, that treat them as individuals, like uh, put them in their own separate room when they're like real young and. Like, uh, I'm not saying I know that that's bad, but then, like, on the other hand, too, is, like, how is that good? I mean, you know, how is that automatically good? It seems really contrary to the natural tendency. Um, I mean, I can definitely speak for myself. Like, um, our kids sleep in the bed. I don't even sleep in the bed anymore. (laughs) But... um, yeah, I mean, and it, it, it definitely is seems to us to be the more just intuitive sort of thing to do, and I think that's probably been the case long before now. I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't think if you you, you go back to further in history, I doubt like. Children just, you know, had their own sleeping quarters away from the. <laughs> like they had a, I was just thinking about that. Like, uh, like, if you think about the American Indians, like they're having teepees, and then they had like a, a little teepee <laughs> for the kids to make them, to make them so they could instill their independence. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, try to try, because I try to like couch some ideas about, or a lot of ideas about things and behavior. Like, well, how would people have done this pre all this, all this. Uh, mechanisms and stuff that we take for granted all these all this all this um, freaking uh, contraptions and um, uh, contrivances and stuff that's part of modern existence like a freaking box we live in this freaking boxes and shit and it's like is this how is any of this a representation of a of of a normal mode uh, or a natural mode of living like oh we, we build these Boxes and we put this sheetrock and shit, and we go inside and we have these cordon off rooms, and then we go inside and live out our lives inside these things, and then you know, uh, and then so you know all all of that, and then and then you know everything else in the system that's like completely counterintuitive and against our natural inclinations that we always have to constantly fight. You know, like one more example would be like teenagers. Um, like their desire to like sleep more, um, you know, in conflict with this uh, modern imperative that they get up and go to school, um, yeah. you know, early in the morning, and then there's this, you know, there's all the kinds of like uh, reference to that in our culture and stuff, and then it's like a lot of times it's handled with like uh, a humorous uh, approach to it. Oh yeah, isn't it? oh Junior doesn't want to get out of bed, and it, and then 
You know, it's like, well, maybe because teenagers need that sleep, they need more sleep. You don't, and then like maybe we should, we should, we should bend and shape our system around those needs instead of like forcing shoehorning humanity. And that's just one example, just one example. And then, but there's just one, just too numerous to mention of that sort of thing where we're just shoehorning ourselves into the system and then wondering why we're going nuts, you know? Like anybody ever realize that maybe this, maybe we're not designed to live in, in to be forced into the system like that, to be, to take on all these different contortions to, to, to get along inside this totally artificial contrived construct called civilization. That's my mini rant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think too many people think into to it that that far really and and if any if they do they just they've been told and conditioned to just respond that things are oh well we're 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 better than we've ever been we're more advanced now we understand things better than we ever have and we can do anything and and fix anything and go to the moon and like all that stuff. So, I mean, I think that's what most people, where you're going with it, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna think of it that way. Like nobody would think that what you're saying is credible. That like, yeah, oh, we're we should go back to the caveman days. Is that what you're saying? Chris? <laughs> I think that's what, yeah. Yeah, the caveman days. Like, uh, yeah, you had you take issue with anything in technology, you're a luddite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suggesting that like maybe a chip in the brain, maybe not such a great idea. <laughs> it's like uh, luddite. You're luddite. luddite. <laughs> then conspiracy uh, theorist. Conspiracy theorist. What about all the times the instances this has been an event, an eventuality, a commonplace occurrence in so many people's lives? Is like the little. Uh, error screen error notification that pops up on your screen <laughs> that's like something went wrong you're you got to you're you're fucked you're, you you got to restart you got a virus you got this you got that like as far as this shit malfunctioning like yeah let's i got an idea let's put this in our brain let's like directly hotwired into the brain <laughs> and it's like oh you you don't like it oh you're a conspiracy theorist it's like okay yeah what, what happened what, what, what to happened? But what what happens when you get the blue screen? Yeah, when you get the blue screen, but it's it's directly piped into your cerebral cortex. I, like, yeah, how does that work itself out? What do you got to do? Like, you know, you get well. I guess what what it amounts to, if you have this this inseparable situation where people become so enmeshed with the technology that they can't exist or they can't really function at all without it because that's what it seems like we're kind of approaching that period and it's like yeah what what happens when you have a, a widespread malfunction of some sort and because um, we're already seeing stuff like that like with the um, yeah 
fires in California and then people being locked out of their houses because they're they're ha- what the hell is that noise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at it. You go to you can't go to a store now if if there's if the computers are down. They, you can't even buy anything. You can't even buy something at a store. I've run into that on a few times over the past. Uh, I don't know, probably fifteen years. If I was being honest about it, but. I think that's happened probably three times to me in, in that time where I've literally, the store is open, you can go in there, but you can't actually buy something because for some reason the computers are all down. Yeah, like the, up until not too long ago, um, you know, there's there's been electric, well, electric cash register stuff around for quite a while, but like they um typically well, they, had the paper system too along with it in case something happened right, like there yeah. was like yeah there was always that kind of backup like oh we all just go to paper receipts and then it was like they didn't miss a beat they just pull up paper receipts and just keep on trucking you know not anymore mm-hmm. well you know what too though now people most people don't even have cash anyway so it really would be reliant on electronic system to get your card put in and all that. I don't understand why people don't use cash. Is like, okay, like you say, because of the 2% back, that's why. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Points on your card. And so, well, that reminds me, I haven't checked my uh, credit union rewards points website in a long time I probably got some points saved up get me a uh, popcorn popper or some shit on there (laughs) (laughs) a uh, um, uh, one of those freaking abdominal with the it's like a what's that thing it's like a freaking big spring loaded like giant paper clip thing that I could like put on put on my abs to like work out like one of those deals get those on there hey man rewards are rewards that's right like that's how they do at my bank what do you what what do you got Tom do you, you sound like you got some kind of hookup you get like two percent. Like, what can you put it towards? Like free gas or? It's just straight up cash. That's it. You know. Oh. So yeah. So you can redeem your points for cash. That's right. It's just it's 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 not even points. It's just cash. So yeah. So it's like basically encouraging. Hey man. Hey man. If I if I if I spend this money, actually, I only have to pay ninety eight percent of it. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. you know, actually, that's that's not how they want you to think about it. I think they want you to think like, oh boy, I get two percent back, you know? Right. So if I, boy, that means, yeah. Wow. So if I spend a dollar, every every dollar I spend, I get two pennies. You know? It's like, wow. Okay. But I mean, the funny thing is, over the course of a year, it does add up. So, yeah, and I mean, like that two percent is like you don't. Uh, nobody's cutting you a discount for paying cash anymore. Right. You know. So. Uh, in, I, I, back, I don't even know. It hasn't been even all that long ago. I used to say to people, 
uh, you know, if you're buying something, anything significant, it's like I know that you guys are paying, you know, several percent to do the credit card transactions. Do you think we could get a, you know, a discount for cash? And the answer used to be almost always yes. And these days it's like three quarters of the time it's like no. Oh, okay. Because at this well, point it's already it's already factored into the price of things. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, if you pay cash, it's like a bonus for them then, I guess. It's just how they do it. Or maybe it's just like, oh, there's the pain, the, the, the trouble of dealing with cash. It's just like a pain in the ass they don't need. Yeah. The only place I really see it where you can always get something cheaper for ca- uh, cash is, and this is only, I only see this in New York. Um, at gas stations, specifically on Long Island. I'm not saying New York uh, state in, in its entirety, but on Long Island, like most like most gas stations, well, you get the gas for like 10 cents cheaper if you pay cash. Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. bad. Well, yeah, I, I the other kind of the other kind of thing I see is handyman, plumber, those kind of guys, they are they are very inclined to dealing cash. So that's yeah. but that's 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 for a that's very different. That's, and that's <laughs> what I that's the business I'm in and people will on occasion ask me if if uh, they pay cash or you know, get a better price or something. Yeah. And what's the answer to that? And it's funny, um yeah, usually. Yeah, usually. I'd say so. It just depends kind of on who it is and different things like that. But, um, yeah, usually I'll do that. Um, but within, what if I haven't, I really, I, I mean, I technically could do credit card transactions with Square Reader or whatever. I have one, but I never do it. I if people ask, I pretty much try to, because the thing is too, I have to pay Like there is a transaction fee. And so I'll have to apply that transaction fee and it's nearly 3%. Right. So no, this, this, yeah. this is the thing about this, this stuff. It's like, it's, it's just like a tax on society. And that, and I mean, like when you really think like this whole, uh, the cashless society is, is basically, uh, you know, Visa and MasterCard getting essentially 3% of everything forever from now on, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. What, what, what a fucking scam. Yeah, and I think if you kind of said this, I don't know if I'm repeating it, but, um, I mean, it used to be the opposite. I think it right. used to be sort of the other way around. Like, they were trying to encourage people to use their cards and, and stuff and you'd get discounts for that. Yeah, it's like when PayPal was first uh, uh, being, um, you know, catapulted to the center of online transactions, uh, the, the one of the ways they got there is it incentivizes, like if you kept money in PayPal, you could actually draw some pretty good interest on it. They used to pay pretty good interest on your money, so they incentivize you to use PayPal. It used to be like the the fees and everything were a lot more reasonable, and then you had the extra incentive of like, yeah, they're paying you interest. So it was like it, 
I've talked about, I've brought this up many times, like how, like, you know, you'll have, like, a new business or a new service, you know, this, uh, like, PayPal. That's that's another good example of that, where it's, like, it starts out, like, uh, with all these incentives, where it's, like, it's, like, wow, that's too good to pass up. That's a nice thing. Oh, that I can get paid interest on it. I can leave money in there. And and it's, like, yeah, yeah, they don't charge hardly anything, too, to use and then they get their uh they build up their customer base and then when it reaches a critical point then they start ratcheting up the fees they start taking away the perks and then you know they're the only game in town because they're so big now that the, they can just um squash any competitor and then you know people talk about oh yeah how great the free market is it's like if if you've if you've been in any least bit of observant, you know that's not that's not a free market fair system. It's like uh especially since like companies like PayPal and stuff too, Amazon and all that, when you look at the history and where they came up, they got all kinds of favoritism from the government to get where they're at. Yeah, man, I have I think I might have actually thrown it out but i had it for a while so it figures that it would be relevant to me now but i had had a letter from uh, my credit union that i have my business uh accounts through and stuff they just a couple months ago i got a letter from them um and you know of course they always word it so it's like they're they sound like they're doing you a favor and stuff but um yeah they actually were like the only decent interest of, uh, it, it was surprising how good the interest was uh, there. Oh, yeah. and we're not even talking anything crazy. I'm talking like I was getting like 10 cents. Well, uh, probably a total of like not not quite, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 20 cents like a month for my accounts, and which is pretty, pretty oh. good. And they, but now they've, redone things so I, you know that's why I wish I had the I could have read it but they got rid of all that like, <laughs> like they got rid of all that and but however they worded it it's baloney that it's you know you, they're they're doing you a favor you know like it's oh yeah, yeah. like they're, they're 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 helping me out by getting rid of this but really it was like uh, yeah, I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't too surprised, but just that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I guess it was probably. I don't know how long they had been around or anything. Maybe it was some sort of an incentive to get people. To be honest, they're still though. They're they're my best bet as far as a business account because most places want to charge you pretty. Like most banks charge pretty good for business accounts, and this I, I still maintain. Uh, pretty much free business account. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I don't know how much longer that'll be the case. But. Yeah, so they've worked you around into not expecting much out of them anymore until like it, well, now it's free, and then then they'll work it around to where like you're paying through the nose for it, and then they'll still pretend like they're doing you a favor. It's like the. I'm sure. Eat switch. It's very common now. Well, one thing I've thought is kind of weird over the years, like how, you know, if you're writing checks, that's free. But if you want to do wire transfers, 
that costs you, even though it's obvious that, that uh, processing checks is expensive and wire transfers are electronic and cost nothing. So, what, yeah. and, 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 and in Europe, there like a lot of countries don't have the option for checks anymore. Basically, everything is done via white wire transfer and has been for a long time. You know, and it's like uh, somehow what we just haven't heard about that or we just don't have the technology hasn't reached our shores you know what the hell mm. oh and, and the other thing is like somehow it's all mysterious like how many days it's still you know like even though the, the checks can be scanned and so on they can do all this stuff electronically figure out like whether you have the money and do all this stuff instantly no we still are going to be sitting on your money for you know seven days while we figure out if the check cleared like, yeah yeah, it's just, it's just so scammerific. Yeah, they call it, like, it floating the check. Right, right. Yeah, it's not my money, it's their money for that week. Yeah, so if they get a, they get a different, they get a, you know, a whole bunch of different customers' checks, and then it's drawing interest in some account somewhere, you know, for that for that mm-hmm. period of time, and then it's like, oh, we'll re- then they release it, you know, to you, and then, um, you know, that they could just keep the, they could just rotate out the, the, the funds in there, and then just keep that pool of money and draw interest. Out. Yeah, they do that. It's like, they say the government is just just laden down with scams like that of like all these different um secret they're not exactly secret either they say that like if you that anybody can go to the uh, their local government and ask for the uh comprehensive annual financial report uh, yeah and okay. and it's got all the it's it's got a, a listing of all the different uh accounts that you'll the government will have there's one guy that like i guess he's still around i haven't checked out his material in a while walter burian um right he's talked about that for years and gone on different uh i guess conspiracy it's it's a conspiracy that uh but but uh yeah i went i went and looked up one of these kaffers and i confirmed that they exist um, like for for who? Like in your state? Or it was in when I lived in Wichita like Falls, every, Texas. Well, like every, I mean, I think he shows. I think he demonstrates that across the board. It's like every government, yeah, every government, large, like they they're all doing it. Yeah, uh, it's basically like it, it's one of the privileges of the franchise, huh? Yeah, yeah. So if you're in the honeypot, yeah, you're in the honeypot if you're in government. And there's no it's an open secret. There's no there's no incentive whatsoever to run your mouth about it if you're an insider. And it it's it's billions upon billions of dollars in totality. That's what this Walter Berrien's saying. It's like, yeah, like he he like he worked as a comptroller for state of New Jersey or something like that, I think. And he said that, that just, just the different kind of small municipalities could have millions of dollars in these accounts. And, um, somebody may say, Oh, that's, that's crazy. Conspiracy talk, Chris, you don't tell you talking about. It's like, but if you just stop and think about it for just a little bit, it's like, why would the go- why would they not have that? 
if you talk about like if you look at the this thing called government as a wealthy individual which they would be in comparison if you're kind of like looking at like a corporate body or something as being because it's legally classified as an individual a corporation or whatever but like it'd be a wealthy and like do wealthy individuals have to go out and earn an income do they have to go get a job somewhere to have an income in order to, no they're making they're drawing dividends or they have investments and stuff like that why would the government be any different and like why would they not be invested in the stock market and then come to find out you could read stuff somewhere that the government whatever that is but the fictional entity the government and and its holdings is is if you add them up it is like over 75 percent of the stock market is in government holdings and it's like where the hell is all that money it's like well it's 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 there it's in these accounts they they take in all this revenue from people they you know they write in tickets they're doing property taxes they're doing fees fines garage sales whatever all this different sources of income they they um take this all this in a lot of it gets invested and put into accounts that's not put that's not categorized in the same category as what they call the 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 operating budget for that year that's and it's like it's like a double it's like a double set of books it's like cooking the books but it's legal Mm -hmm. and like he goes into all this and it's like that complete it makes complete sense i have no trouble believing in it because it's just why would it not be that that's obviously would be that way if you have this entity and yeah, it's taken in all this all this revenue from all these different sources, um, do you honestly think there's going to be a one for one relationship into what they're taking in as, as opposed to the services that they're offering? How would that even be logistically feasible at all? That's fantasy thinking to think that that government actually works that way. Yeah, I've heard it admitted that companies do it. Of course. That that's a practice in companies. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that that right there is pretty much proof. Why wouldn't wouldn't the government, like, is there some sort of an ethical reason that they wouldn't be doing that? Of course not. Like, of course they're doing that. But, I mean, uh, yeah, isn't there evidence to it? I mean, because... You know that there. I, I, I think the admission is there that government has investments. There's nothing. There's no real denial of that. Like that, there's investments in this thing and that thing and stock yeah. and whatnot. Uh, and I think whether yeah, I don't know. It was Clint Richardson or Walter Buran talking about how much you know how these cities that go bankrupt like I, I believe talking in California specifically it's like just the interest that they're that they would be making on uh, these investments that would be enough to you know take care of the bankruptcy or whatever or pay their pensions or whatever it is that they say is making them broke and, and all But another thing that, yeah, I think is also a really good point with all that is uh, sort of it, it really shows Ron Paul to be, you know, just full of it. You know, I mean, the whole audit the Fed thing and 
yet the whole they got these comprehensive annual financial reports and, and stuff, and it's like, so what? You, I mean, that stuff's never even. What, does Ron Paul ever bring any of that up? Like anything like that? Did you ever hear the word "after" come out of Ron Paul's mouth or pointing to this this thing that we're talking about? No, no, no I, I don't remember anything. I've yeah, I, I think that I think that's one of the things Clint Richardson talks about in Corporation Nation. Oh yeah, okay. the, the fact that he doesn't ever talk about any of that yet, he is always, you know, sounding this this alarm of gotta audit the Fed and and all that, but it's like. Yeah. Let's well, be another point to bring out to expose the fact that politics and voting and all that is totally illegitimate and pointless and stupid. Because if somebody could find me a mention of Kaffers, I might like kind of rescind some of that thinking. But it's like I've never heard of Kaffers even brought up once. Uh. You mean, you mean Bernie Sanders isn't is yelling about that right now? <laughs> I, 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 I would hope that he is, but somehow I doubt that he from is. From all the corporate greed and all. He's got three houses. I remember somebody was like pointing that out. He's like, okay, Bernie, you're a socialist, blah, blah, blah. And you got three houses, and, yeah. you, and you are technically like the 1% that you – and it's like – uh yeah, but uh um, what's that's an interesting thing too. I just now kind of realize it. They have Michael Bloomberg running, and then and then Bernie Sanders, and it's like, is the reason why Bloomberg jumped in is so that they could, um, they can completely bypass the fact that Bernie's one percent and he's got three houses. Because they have now, now they can point out that oh well, look at Bloomberg. He has right. he he's. Pr- yeah. I've heard he has like seventeen houses or something like that, and that totally makes sense now. Yeah, they bring in Bloomberg to run Bernie, so that like Bernie doesn't get laughed out of the room for being part of the one percent and have a house because they have this you know relativistic uh, you know real one percenter quote unquote. He, they said Bloomberg has like sixty three billion or something like that net worth. That's wow. fucking crazy, man. You got a really nice. I'm, I'm actually, I'm really, I'm actually really happy to see somebody with some serious money in the race, just so that um, you know, basically, like the whole idea that uh, you know, he, I just keep on hearing this phrase, like he's buying the election, he's just trying to buy the election. Uh-huh. Like Trump. Like, you know what? Right. I mean, mean, what I like about that, though, is that it kind of gets rid of the pretense. And I I think, like, four years from now, instead of having, like, another, um, you know, election cycle, we could just have an auction cycle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then we could pay off the debt. Well, yeah, why go go through this when you could just have, like, a presidential auction instead of a presidential election? You could just be like, this thing could take, you know, you basically set it up at the courthouse steps, maybe on the Capitol steps, and we basically, like, let's just, let's get it over with. Highest bidder, apparently, is all that matters anyway. That's a great idea, man. Pretty interesting, though, if they did have uh, Bloomberg um, 
you know, sit in the Oval Office, like, because then you would have the other New York guy, the, the independently rich New York guy that, but he's on the opposite side now. He's he's the left left wing one, and but he's you know that's an interesting dynamic right there. The independently rich New Yorker that you know see a little bit of a parallel there. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't that many years ago. Your choice was either. Um, Skull and Bones or Skull and Bones, and sure. yeah, wouldn't yeah. Now we can just have yeah. That would be really interesting dynamic there, yeah. But Chris, do you remember we, we saw Bloomberg's bus? Do you remember that? Bloomberg bus? Did I see it? When, when yeah, when when uh, we were in Oklahoma City a couple weeks ago. I don't know, man. You had a, quite a few drinks by that point, so I don't know if uh, I could have been. I could have been on the Bloomberg bus and not know it that night. You, you were banging on the windows. <laughs> no. Like, oh hell no! Don't don't tell me that. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you got to ask the doctor to corroborate my my claim. Yeah, right, yeah. In that alley where that where that bar was, it was parked in that alley. And we were like, what the heck? And then, yeah. Oh, outside the back? Oh, right, that was a Bloomberg bus. Yeah. Okay, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's coming back to me now. (laughs) Well, we did hang out with Michael Bloomberg, and we smoked a cigar. You remember that? <laughs> no, I'm making because I'm making that up. But no, we did see the Bloomberg bus. <laughs> was he in town? Is that the deal? Or he had to be right if his bus was there. I, that was. That, I figure as much. I mean, that, I would assume so. Ah, huh, yeah, yeah. Okay. What was he like? Yeah, I guess they tour around and they um, give speeches and stuff. Campaign. They're campaigning. Yeah, yeah, campaigning. Like, who would you rather meet in person, Bernie Sanders or Michael Bloomberg? Mm, Definitely Bernie. Yeah, I think Bernie, me too. Kind of boring, like. Is Bernie Bernie's like a cult figure right now. Yeah. Tom would rather meet uh I'm like I guess you wanna meet Elizabeth Warren. Ron Paul. Ron Paul. <laughs> but he's not running, man. You can't he's not relevant yeah, anymore. Well. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got the I met that guy like two times back in I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago. That was kinda interesting. Ron Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I uh back in back in the days of like uh Lou Rockwell having these conferences every so often, I go out to the I go to the conferences yeah, Ron Paul would always show up and get a big scanning O and, uh, you know, give some retarded speech. And I don't know. I was really into it at the time, I guess, you know. I, 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 I don't think I really believe in politics at all, but, like, you know, it's still an opportunity to talk to Ron Paul. 
but yeah, I, I basically feel the way you guys kind of frame them these days is pretty accurate. There's, it's, a, it's a big nothing for her. Oh, yeah. 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 No, but you're right. Probably this year, Elizabeth, that's probably who I go with. Yeah, for sure, actually. You know, especially... Yeah. I want to hear. Uh... The thing is, like, I want—I I definitely want to have a candidate who I'm on a first name basis with, like Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> yeah, are you saying like somebody in your family is like a big time Elizabeth Warren fanatic? Oh well, uh, I mean, I think actually both my parents are. Uh, yeah, that's pretty big on. That's pretty big on. Big E, you know. Um, I have no idea why, though. I mean, like, I, I don't know how you draw these kind of distinctions these days. You know, like, well, why do you like one person versus I mean, that, maybe that's all it is. It's just like, listen, I like that character. Because, I mean, you know, um, like, a, I don't know, 10 days ago or something, I was out grocery shopping, and, uh, you know, it's like the evening, and you know, make dinner at home, and uh, walking out the door, and there's, like, you know, like, this doesn't happen all that infrequently. There's a, uh, you know, political, you know, people want to, what do they want? They want to get a, like, your signature or something or something, you know. So somebody, somebody yaps at me and it's like, hey, sir, oh, yeah, what's up? And uh, it's like a man and a woman, and they're both retirement age, and um, yeah, can we have a moment of your time? And it's like, you look at the table that they've got set up, and it's Elizabeth Warren for president. And I'm just thinking, why in the hell would you work your whole life to save up some money to be in retirement so that you can, you know, have the freedom to do what you want and then somehow end up campaigning for Elizabeth Warren? I mean, like, is there anything that can be a bigger waste of time? Right. I don't know. Uh, if you guys want to hear, have you heard the, um, did you know about Ron Paul opening up uh, um uh, an ice cream parlor chain. <laughs> that one. I think yeah. I have heard that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got that. You got that. You got that on tap. Yeah. Let's. You want to hear it? All right, let's I it. do. I yeah. like it. I like it. Ron Paul Ice Cream Parlors. Ron Paul Ice Cream Parlors coming to a town near you. 33 original flavors. The recipes all written by myself, Ron Paul. Not only am I an economist doctor, but I'm also an ice cream man. Ron Paul Ice Cream. 33 original flavors, including Libertarian Lemon, Anarcho Amaretto, Rothbard Candy Bar, Hazlitt Hazelnut, and my favorite, Von Mises Pieces. Don't forget Wacky Bernacki, Lime Greenspan, and the latest Yellin' Melon, which is red on the inside. <laughs> Ron Paul Ice Cream Parlors, 33 original flavors of freedom. Look for it in your town today. Ron Paul Ice Cream, 33 flavors of freedom. <laughs> I like that. Uh, my favorite is a is is Anarcho Amaretto. That's that's good. I like that's some good stuff. <laughs> That's... Yeah, I guess they probably have a bunch of those in Oklahoma, so close to Texas. Yeah, 
Well, they're popular, like in Austin, I, I, of course. I think I gave him the idea for that, actually. You know, back when we were talking that one day. Oh, really? Oh yeah, for the whole for the whole parlor chain, absolutely, man. <laughs> That's a want, great idea. You can't have thirty-one flavors. That's already taken. So, you know. thirty-three flavors. You scream, ice cream, everybody loves ice cream. Right, but you know, it's, and when you got the when you got the chip, it's the blue screen. <laughs> Wonder if he's coming out with any preceding me. Ice cream. Does the blue screen precede or the the uh, with the uh, ice cream headache? Yeah, that could be that. What if you? Yeah, what if you're ripping into your vegan ice cream and then it, it and you have the brain chip and it causes the chip to uh, seize up, freeze and freeze, freeze yeah, your operating like system. Brain chip freeze. Yeah, then you see the blue. All you see is just like a sea of blue, like the blue <laughs> screen of. You gotta get a, <laughs> a frame freezer. Warm water. <laughs> the thaw out the chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's hey, all kind of. You think they're gonna get the chip? What's that again? I already. Think you think uh, Logan? You think he's gonna get the chip? Oh, I think he's already got the chip. That's how he. That's how he can recite all the vegan talking points, like. Like bam, 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 like a machine. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. I don't think you. Have and, and well, yeah. yeah. The talking points, honestly, they're they're more polished than before, but they're they haven't changed. Right. Yeah. There was like yeah. a rehashing of the uh, only cats taste the amino acids talk because. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> I forgot about that line. I thought the best. I thought the best one. Can I taste what? what? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can you taste amino acids? Can I taste a minute? I can. I can differentiate. I can differentiate between. Taste something. What's that again? Oh, I'm I'm eating some cow right now and. It tastes like I don't know whatever it tastes good. I don't know if it's amino acids or what, but I I personally can differentiate between four or five different specific types of amino acids, but that's just me. I'm like a one. I mean, that's I don't think <laughs> yeah. most people can though. So I, I wasn't going to bring that up in the debate, but I mean, you're you're kind of a lysine guy as far as I know, right? What's that again? I'm having a hard time hearing you because when you talk, I'm oh, getting I'm, like I'm shit yeah, tons I, of road I, I noise. You're kind of a lysine guy, right? Oh, lysine. Yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of gravitate more towards lysine. It's like, uh, yeah, that's my favorite amino acid. Probably by a long shot, I would say. Yeah. So that that would have been a hell of a good answer, though. <laughs> just, just yeah, matter of factly, bring out the different. Uh, yeah. 
the nuances of, of of specific amino acids. Like, yeah, lysine has this sort of suddy nuddle <laughs> overtone. Yep. Yeah. Peppery, peppery flavor with overtones of coffee and cinnamon. Yeah, it's got like a just a very slight hint of like sage. I don't know if you notice that with lysine, but uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I wish I was more in tune with my uh, taste buds. Can't relate. I just I don't know what I'm tasting. It just tastes good. Uh, I I got a. A uh, a filet mignon at mm. at the store, and it was on sale. It was like wasn't too outrageous, and I happened to have some like raw butter, and so I just like cooked it in the raw butter. That was like, oh yeah, I, I just wow. I, I made that. Well, I think it was last week, or I forget if it was last week or the week before. I had some filet mignon myself, and I also cooked it in butter. Double trouble, man. Yep. Fucking up. You're fucking up, Rich. Just, <laughs> <laughs> man, you should give your arteries like a breather once in a while, dude. Next thing you know, you're like joining the royal family with all that saturated fat and butter eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I did. See, that's there's all kinds of stuff to bring up, but you can't, you can't possibly get everything out in a, you know, a, a brief little six-hour call like we did last night so i was gonna <laughs> it's gonna bring up the royal family like yeah gorging themselves yeah, on saturated fat and butter with the, yeah they should they definitely yeah. you would think you would think they would be made aware that how detrimental it is to the what what is uh elizabeth there she she's got to be in like her 80s or 90s right i mean i don't know how much longer she can keep all that up I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to look up her age. I, oh, man, I still think that, that will be an amazing call if you can get uh, yeah, Buckingham Palace on the blower. Put that on my calendar real quick. Call let, And then, of course, Buckingham. let Logan know. But. All Buckingham Palace. Yeah. What, what was it saying there? That she's like right. Does hmm. she what? Uh, she's only like ninety three. It says. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> From watching that show, I don't know how she's made it that long with all that. Butter and well, that's that's an- anecdotal. Doesn't count. That's true. Doesn't really prove anything. Not everybody's gonna get cancer and die. So, but it sounds like, from his vantage point, it's it's like if you do eat any animal products, it's like a guarantee that you're going to. How do you how do you come to that belief if if you can if you could demonstrate like you know you or you could point to like okay like just using the royal family or you know the queen as an example like okay here's somebody who's routinely eating pretty high amounts of saturated fat and cholesterol and they're 93 and they're from from what I understand I don't know if she has any kind of 
heart trouble or anything like that. So how can you like observe that? And, you know, many, many observations of that, you know, over the course of history, especially like every centurion uh, on record. um, I don't think there's one strict vegan in the bunch, you know, Uh, you know, I'm I'm talking about people uh, who have made the uh, the uh, um, oldest living person list for a given year, you know, Mm -hmm. how many of them are vegans? I don't think there's any vegans, but like. But whatever that doesn't case prove that their specific diet you know is anything better than for them specifically but you'd have to like how do you, how do you go from that observation like uh the queen can be 93 and eat saturated fat and cholesterol on a regular basis and not develop any kind of per- perceived uh, artery trouble and then and then and then still conclude that any meat at all in your diet is going to be bad for you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how, how does, how, how how could you possibly accommodate those two diametrically opposed observation? You know, that observation, how do you reconcile that with the idea that anything less than a completely 100% uh, meat free, saturated fat free diet would be good optimal uh, uh, teacher can I raise my hand and answer that question uh, yes Tom please do yeah it's, it's, uh, let's see it's because they're lizards and <laughs> lizards do not have human physiology that's, that's Blake speaking I just channeled Blake there for you he did bring up lizards there you go with that conspiracy stuff that's why he was bringing up lizards huh because that's that would explain the people among us who can eat saturated fat and cholesterol and not have any problems. They're lizard people. Now I get it. That makes sense. I was wondering why he was bringing that up, but I didn't make the connection until now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me write that down. Lizard. That's kind of people. That's a theory. I don't know. Should we start this as a as a the- another theory that um, the lizard people are engineered to live among us to trick us into thinking that eating saturated fat and cholesterol is okay. That's the real reason why the lizards live among us. <laughs> Is that okay as a theory? You got to incorporate somehow, like somehow, incorporate sex into it because we're competing with other ones like EGI and stuff like that. Get them somehow. I don't know. Lizards don't. They don't have genitalia, do they? So, well, yeah, but unless you're one of the elites, then that's the only, I guess that would be the only people that would have an excuse for the the lizard people and the point zero zero three percent of people who can't uh, make cholesterol on their own. <laughs> like those are the only. I, I, I was actually surprised that I was surprised that he even went along with that because I thought he was just going to say you don't need cholesterol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't need it. Period. 
So you, you, it's not that it, yeah, it's not that you don't eat it. It's just that you don't need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? <laughs> right, but see, I can't. I can't talk about any of that stuff because I, uh, by doubting one scientific claim, you're by default be required to reject every claim of science from that point forward. But doesn't everybody understand and and realize that everybody cherry picks when it comes to science? That's not something that's... I do. I'm sorry, but that is what science is, right? Yeah. That's what scientists do. That's what everybody else does. Do you think, like, uh, Bill Nye doesn't do this? Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, Does he admit to it? I don't know if he admits to it, but... And do any of them really admit to that? I mean, wouldn't that... It would... Because you're supposed to see them as object, you know, completely objective and not having a bias that they're just in it for, they want to know the truth about whatever it is. Like, so I don't know. Would anybody, would any of of them really admit that? Especially like a mainstream type scientist? Well, it's not the way I think it's perceived is that it's not cherry picking if it falls in line with the consensus because in order to regard it as valid then it would have to it would have to be reconciled with consensus because then if it doesn't if you can't reconcile it with the consensus then it's not valid to begin with so there's no reason to uh have any regard for it anyway so you wouldn't be cherry picking by dismissing it because it's not relevant of it's not it's not worthy of consideration to begin with because it's not the consensus. Mm-hmm. That went right over my head. I think it went over mine, too. I don't know. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's, 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 I'm not saying it's not right. I'm just saying it went right over my head. Well, I read something today on the Wikipedia in the entry to appeals to authority. And if you go into Wikipedia, I don't know if everybody's aware of this, but they have the talk tab. It's like where the editors talk to one another and they sure. discuss like, yeah. So I, I like to go in there and see what they're talking about. And uh, so they're talking about um, the, somebody kept trying to put, insert a reference to uh an opinion on an appeal to authority based on this other source and it kept and this other editor kept removing it and they were given the reason why and he was telling the guy yeah this is not a reputable source and then on and on and he went on to explain that like uh, you know a, according to um, uh, a peer review a panel of peer reviewed experts that this uh this particular take on appealed authority is invalid. I thought that was quite hilarious. That one sentence. I don't know if like does well, that makes sense. That, that guy does understand how science works. Yeah, according to according to according to peer reviewed studies, the 
this question on the, the peer, this peer-reviewed studies is what validates anybody's particular opinion on what an appeal to authority is or isn't. <laughs> I, I just thought that was funny, kind of ironic. Check one, who's that? Oh, that was me. Uh, I That was actually Bernie Sanders on, on a, a YouTube ad here. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't you doing doing a Bernie Sanders impersonation. It was actually Bernie Sanders. Okay. It was actually Bernie Sanders. I was going to put a link for this uh, Secrets of the Royal Kitchen into the chat. And Bernie Sanders came on talking. Secrets of the Royal Kitchen? Is that the name of it? Yeah, Secrets of the Royal Kitchen. Mm. What we do is we we want to start out with butter, and then we make melted butter, and then we put chunks of meat into the melted butter, and we let it simmer. Not just any meat, though. It's uh, it's it's um, Prince Charles. Uh, special pigs, nothing, nothing but his special breed of pigs raised on his estate. Yeah, he has his own special breed of pig that he won't eat any other kind of pig other than that special breed. That's interesting. So, what do the slaves eat? Some messed up GMO pig that the royalty won't <laughs> touch? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. But maybe it's just a really good tasty meat. I bet the I bet it's like really good because they they'll raise the pigs and they give them like a real good diet, and then that makes the meat taste really good. Because have you ever had wild boar or wild pig? I a little bit. Oh man, it's like the best that I've ever ate as far as pork. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Um, I've had the boar epic bars. Yeah, those are pretty good, but yeah, it was like getting the, like, yeah, the sausage, and it's fresh, and it's like, it's like, dang, man. I just jumped forward in the video to where the pigs are. They do look like some delicious pigs. It's the royal pigs. Yeah. They sure do. We shall cook them in butter. That's what we will do. Fitting for the queen. Does she know it's going to hurt? It's going to clog her up, man. I know she's 93, but... Why you need to... Warn her. I need to make that call. That I've been be kind great. of like, yeah, collecting the call, Buckingham Palace. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was watching uh, Secrets of the Royal Kitchen on YouTube, and um, oh, how you guys didn't get the memo, but uh, animals too high in cholesterol and. Uh, 
some kind of a conspiracy against the royal family letting me eat all that butter? <laughs> yeah, not only butter, but then they have, oh, yeah, we're going to have a dessert. And it's like, oh, strawberries. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds vegan. That sounds healthy. Oh, we're going to go ahead and just just um, completely drown them in cream. Yeah. What are they doing? Like, they just. Pretty much everything was drowned in cream or cheese yeah. or butter or meat. Yeah, either drowning in cream or completely drenched in butter. Oh, yeah, here's a nice rack of lamb and, the, and, the, and he's like ladling butter. It's like. Ah, like you're watching this and your like mouth is watering the whole time. It's like, God, that looks good. I mean, yeah, they're doing it up right. Of course, it's the royal. Like, what would they be? You think the royals would be eating like freaking just salad and stuff, like a dry you, salad? You know what? And, and, and is Blake like this? Really makes me hungry for a big Beyond Burger. <laughs> Yeah, after he watched the documentary, he goes out and gets a Beyond Burger. Habakkuk says in the chat that Charles breeds Aberdeen Angus in Scotland. The only steak he'll he'll eat, apparently. How dare you? I don't know what Aberdeen Angus is, but it sounds pretty good. I'd like to get my hand on Flamin' Young from from that. Oh, I'd probably blow the <laughs> blow the back of your head off. That. <laughs> like a rib, uh, a ribeye in the sky. Oh yeah, <laughs> I gotta try that. Oh, by the way, wow, yeah, this look like a looks like a good tasting cow right there. I don't know. You know, though, the good news is, like, as soon as we have the uh, the meat incubators rolling, we can probably get a few of Charles Cow's uh, stem cells, and then everybody could be enjoying this <laughs> royal royal beef. Yeah. Oh, then yeah, you, but you you pay a premium for it, like yeah, la- oh, it's a lab. Like, who wouldn't? Yeah, even though it's like it's all cultured and it's all the same. Yeah, then they but they can have the uh, yeah the high end. Of the high-end fake meat. Comes, comes from a line of royal cow stem cells. Wow, man. Are you in marketing, Tom? I didn't know you were... Because that's like, that's like marketing gold right there. Like you could... Dude. Yeah. Make me an offer here. <laughs> uh, they, listen to the, they listen to the calls, dude. Don't think they don't. Just like keep an eye out for this stuff coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, I don't know, if they read the chat, uh, Hamako might be finding himself in some trouble because put some really disparaging words about the queen, but pretty funny. Oh, oh man, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm going to have to block him off. I mean, I say, you know, I say he, he might be in trouble because he, he's in the thick of it over there. He's in Scotland, huh? I'm not. I'm not sure where. I know. He, I know he's somewhere in the British Isles. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where. I think it's uh, because Talkshoe is based out of Pennsylvania. If you put something into the chat, Wales. Oh, okay. 
But I'm saying, like, he's practicing free speech on the TalkShoe platform, which is the servers are stationed in <laughs> Pennsylvania, so <laughs> he knows he's free to disparage the queen. I see. Yeah. You can deny the Holocaust, too, if you want to, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're free to do that on this outfit. Because, yeah, the jury... Huh? Would it work the same if he calls in and says stuff? I guess it would, right? As long as he... I don't know if call it is um, calling... <laughs> Because if he's ty- you're typing it in and you're not speaking it into the air, you're not soiling the queen's air in, you know, because yeah. you're typing it in. But if you're speaking <laughs> it, that's like a. I'm not sure how exactly all that works. <laughs> Free speech. Yeah, they got to get all this sorted out because uh, it's all being contested, right? What is free speech and what's not? Yeah, we thought we lived in a free country and we thought we knew what all this was, but it's like, turns out that ain't the case, is it? Like, with, uh, yeah, I I can't, because somebody's like, oh, what am I crying about? It's like, I can't post videos anymore. I would like to be able to do that. And it's like, what did I do, you know, like, uh, to get banned off of YouTube? I can't put anything on there now. It's like, um... They accuse me of harassing people, and I can't post on there anymore. Took all my videos down. And somebody backed them up, and how, I was able many, to put them on archives. for your videos trending there, Chris? On the trending, not once. They never made it into trending. Hmm. That, could have been, that, that could have been helpful, though. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I did have I did have uh some videos that got pretty good high view counts. Um like there's uh I can't recall the numbers on them, but yeah, they were in the multiple tens of thousands some of them. I had like a million views total. I had 34 videos, 35 videos and had like a million views between them total on my channel and uh that's respectable well yeah not too bad i mean because because people will like really fixate in on subscriber counts but i think well a more a more realistic metric would be like engagement it's like yeah you can have four million subscribers but then look at your view counts and like your view if your view counts are like 4000 it's like how the hell do you reconcile 4 million subscribers and then 4000 views a week well you that's an exaggeration but you do see a lot of that kind of stuff on youtube it's like they'll have 100,000 subscribers but very few of their videos have more than 5000 views so it's like how do they have how do you have that disparity but i had like my channel had the diametric opposite of that i had like very low subscriber count and then a then a disproportionate view count which like didn't cuz i had you know like in 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 total like a million views but 2000 subscribers so that would be like 
the number of views to subscribers was like way blown out on the other end like i had like no sub- virtually no subscribers like out of all the numbers of views i got like a very fraction a very small fraction of one percent actually subscribed which is like how, how would anyone think that that's um you know organic or what have you like you know a real reflection of reality I, I don't think so i think that's a pretty good indicator that something's screwy there but but i mentioned that from time to time back before all this controversy about youtube too because i said well something's screwy about my youtube account and other people were pointing that out about their accounts too it's like doesn't seem like it makes sense as far as like you know this seems like accidentally people would subscribe you know and i'd have more subscribers than that just based on you know statistics about you know according with the views it's, but, just, uh, it's just the hanging chads man That's the yeah problem. you know yeah something like that yeah the uh, the algos so goes the algos it, it, was, it was just they were yeah the the accidental the accidental subscribe and then ju- and then uh google has to determine whether you actually meant to click it you know Oh right! So they the figured Supreme they, Court, you know, Google's Google Supreme Court to determine like whether that was an actual subscribe or not. You know, what was the intention? What can we infer from this? Yeah, they're they're factoring all that stuff in, so they probably didn't mean to Back click I mean, subscribe. I'm not saying a person's doing it, but clearly, like the AI is. One six two. Hey. Check one two. Uh, hey, it's me. I I got I don't know. I got kicked out, and then when I called back in, I put in my pin, and it said the pin was already being used, uh, but, huh. which I guess was by me. But uh, they didn't adjust for the fact that I got kicked out or something happened. I don't know. Anyway. Overall, this talk shoe seems to be working fairly good for the most part. That's odd, though. What's talk shoe? Yeah, what's what's their business model? Like, what are they doing with this? I'm kind of like spying, data gathering thing, I guess. Exactly. Like like Marcus would say. Right. It's just kind of like... Was TalkShoe founded by, like, InQtel money? Uh, I don't know if it's specifically InQtel, but there was some things. Is Elon Musk involved? Oh, in TalkShoe? I don't think Elon Musk is involved, to my knowledge. He seems to be, like, heading up, like, half the corporations in the United States suddenly, so. Well, TalkShoe got bought out by some company and I haven't looked into who exactly they are uh do you need to do you need to name the name you need to name the name Tom (laughs) you can do it on here (laughs) you won't get in trouble It's safe, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tom's biting yeah, at the I bit. It. I, 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 it's safe, and yet I can see this like red dot right over my heart. 
kind of flickering. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where it's coming from. I am sitting close to a window. Uh, yeah. Could be metaphorical. Could maybe not. <laughs> Can't say right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I typically refrain. But, I mean, I it is going to be something that is like uh, one of those things where you get people mad at you for not mentioning it and then I'm like dude why are you mentioning it what is it doing for you you know what I mean like right and then they still don't get it they just don't get it well, this, this is, this is, it, it's all part of like your shill credentials, you know? Right. When, when you decide like, Hey, when you finally like take that as a badge of honor, instead of like an insult, you know, this is, this is, this is, yeah. this is the, you got to walk the walk, man. That's part of it. Right. I deny the Holocaust. But I, is that, and then, and then the question is like, what, is that going too far? And it's like, well, for now, it doesn't seem to be, but it's like that can always change, right? So then when you're in that territory, it's like, well, that goes for anything, doesn't it? Like, since w- w- how, when is it going to be the time where you can't mock and ridicule veganism? Because it's already being, oh, no, dude, did, yeah, yeah. Did you hear Logan last night? Who? He, he was saying, like, he was talking about, like, Nobody's trying to, nobody's making you go vegan for now or something to that effect. You know, he's basically, <laughs> it was like, oh, that's, that's provisional, man. This, this period of time where you're not going to be a vegan, it's just provisional. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's going to be short lived before it's just mandatory. Yeah. No, or maybe he was, maybe he, it might've been just the opposite. He might've said like, nobody's made it illegal to eat meat or, you know, there's nothing that's stopping you from eating meat for now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they too know that, you know, that the, the, the system, the establishment is on their side. Uh, even though they maybe not want to directly face it, admit it, they want to maintain this status of this, uh, perceived rebel status, you know, but, at the same time they're gonna they're gonna glory in any kind of mainstream promotion that they get which is like this sort of weird you know dissonance there cognitive dissonance there where it's like um yeah we're the outsiders we're the uh we're the marginalized uh you know fringe group out here trying to make change and it's like um yeah, and, are you and, and the only thing we have going for us is the entire establishment. Right. And doesn't that kind of make you pause for thought? You know, I was trying to trying to get trying to get uh, Logan to kind of like, you know, concede maybe one point and it's like, well, yeah, do you see have you noticed the mainstream uh promotion you know, it's like I brought up Joaquin Phoenix, but it's like that is just like one example. There's been one after the other after another big corporation having some kind of vegan offering, and then not only announcing it, but it, it but it's announced to like huge fanfare. Like it's like you know, if they were, yeah. I, w- I was filling up my car yesterday, and you know how like half the gas stations, maybe eighty percent of the gas stations, have like TVs at the pump now. 
Yes. Uh-huh. And, oh, no. uh, yes, yeah. So yesterday, uh, <laughs> as I'm filling up, TV is yapping at me, and it's telling me about how Beyond Burger signed a deal with Disney to offer it at the theme parks. <laughs> That's, that was the news on the TV at the gas station. Yeah. So you're getting it at the gas station at the gas pump. That's how prevalent, right. pervasive it is. But then at the same time, it's this little ragtag bunch of, uh, you know, just hobbling, scraping resources together, doing what they can to promote the message. And then like Logan Blake saying, look, at we're fighting this big conspiracy out there, these ag-gag laws and the corporation and the media and everything is against us. And it's like... Uh, yeah, but well, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger, you got Joaquin Phoenix, you got uh, Netflix uh, documentaries, one after another, promoting vegan. Not only do they have this Game Changers documentary as like one of the latest examples of that, but they these ga- this Game Changers documentary has special status so that they can have uh, distribution on on because this is as far as I know, this is not common in any way, shape, or form. It's like if you sign up for Netflix, you're exclusive to Netflix. That's that's typical. But for some reason, this uh, James Cameron documentary gets um, special status to where they can be premiered and ex- and pr- promoted on Netflix and every other freaking uh, distribution platform out there. Or, or which is like yeah which that's a rare bird that's like when does that happen but it's like for some reason like this is uh it, again it's like the corporations seem like they are doing this as part of their um their 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 social activism uh, obligation to the community uh, of humanity at large uh is something I talk about a lot. It's like where you see, where you see this. Like they have this. Um, I, I would I would say noble cause corruption, where it's like you know you you lay you lay aside the law and the general rules of discourse, or I mean of of of, of common decency in order to force push and prom- catapult an agenda forward uh, because the ends justifies the means by whatever means necessary. So then you see all kinds of like parting of the sea to make things happen. Like, Oh, here's a documentary that gets special status that no other documentary in history of documentaries ever have has had. But for some reason, this one gets mm-hmm. a special pass and it not only that, but yeah. it's like uh, from a beleaguered, marginalized, uh, minority group that's great about about the common perception of things in the modern day where it's like uh trans rights for that's another example it's like here's this percentage of a point zero zero one percent of the population or whatever trans makes up but through some work of magic and stuff like that, they have this like huge influence over the media and corporations to to move mountains and make this massive societal shift and change. Just this little tiny marginalized group, and, and yeah, then we're yeah damaged by vaccines. 
they're they're you know bigger fraction than that and you know right probably unheard of oh that's a good point yeah way way bigger as a percentage of the population but yet they're they're going to be not only not only um you know made fun of and marginalized for real but yeah not it, it but also at the same time deplatformed silenced and uh yeah every uh, every other uh of you know metric of discrimination against somebody and that's okay because it's right then you see then you see an obvious favoritism being played towards certain people that suit a certain agenda that people will deny that there's an agenda when they're staring it in the face it's insane like they really believe that these small marginalized um groups can have this tremendous voice and power in the system and force the hand of these huge corporations to do their bidding that does how does that make any right. sense right right i mean it's like in the same way it makes sense like that oh you don't like what they're teaching your kids in the school oh well then all you need to do is just run for the school board <laughs> well yeah yeah how, why aren't you running for school board but, 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 but the thing is it's like all you know like basically the school board has like you know four different textbooks they could use and they all have exactly the same agenda so how does that fix anything you know, like, what are you supposed to do? Are you just supposed to go get, like, the McDuffie readers, you know, from 1890 or something like that to actually find something that looks, like, normal? But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not going to fly either. But then, like, the, racist or, then you have the you problem know, with, like, they're gonna be, yeah, the teachers wouldn't be able to really understand them because it would be above their reading level. You know, back like, the old <laughs> eighth grade <laughs> books. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like that, what was it, like, the... Selena, Kansas, like eighteen ninety eighth graders tests or whatever, you know. Yeah, that was like the. It was like in the days before memes, you know, back in like two thousand <laughs> or something. And that thing came pre, pre meme era. Yeah, write write your answer out in a paragraph. Not only they do they grade you on the answer, but then at the same time you're going to be graded at your spelling on your spelling and your punctuation. And he's like eight. This is eighth grade, right? Is it eighth grade or something like that? Right. Yeah, yeah. It was eighth grade. Yeah, that's what I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's 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 like basically it looks like graduate level, you know. At this point, eighth grade does. So, yeah. But you know, the thing is, is like all we need is just more technology in the classroom. That's pretty clearly the problem. Yeah, because yeah, that was always the problem before. Like, yeah, we. You know, and then once we did get technology, we saw a big upswing in overall competency and uh, all of those things, didn't we? No, I, I don't think we did. But yeah, not enough. But the, but you're always going to be told the problem is not enough funding. That's the problem, right? Even though it it, it actually it's really funny, like. I've thought about this a number of times, like since the advent of the, I don't know, copy machine or the printer, a guy kind of wonders like, why are we paying for textbooks when there are textbooks that have run out of copyright a long time ago? We could just print them off for free. And they're perfectly good textbooks. You know, 
perfectly good textbooks. It turns out like, you know, mathematics, unlike nutrition science, doesn't change very much over the years. And yeah, you like know, why would it? Uh, one of the benefits of like Western culture is like that you have like two thousand years of experience to show you basically how you know how it works and how you can transmit that information on to the next generation. You don't actually have to reinvent this wheel. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I really apologize for the uh, appeal to history there, but oh right, you know and appeal to tradition. Then next thing you're going to be telling us, Tommy, you want to go back and live in a freaking cave. That's what you're talking about. Well, right. You don't. All my other Luddite friends. Exactly. Yeah. Just having, you know, the big Luddite party. Did you listen to Luddite cave party? Like I called the school where Bill Gates sends his children, and I asked, like, I that was real kind of smart or kind of uh sorry kind of sarcastic tone to it kind of embarrassed by it but like but the lady was like i can't remember like what was her what was her spin on the whole thing it was like uh she if i remember right it was like she wasn't allowed to talk about the specifics of of anybody who's attending Something like that. I think she kind of spun it in a really weird way that yeah. didn't answer the question at all. Right. It didn't even. She didn't yeah, even make but, an attempt but, to address the question. Yeah. Right. It's like. Oh yeah. Well, I just wanted to make sure that they were aware that Common Core was the best curriculum. Didn't she say something like they were going to consider adopting it based on my recommendation? Yeah. Or yeah. something like that. It's like she, she, she'd probably just let she'll let Bill know, you know. I I hope so. Yeah. Hey, Bill. I don't know. Uh, yeah, your kids aren't getting the proper education. Um. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to hear one quick, uh, interesting little story? I actually know somebody who got to. Um, uh, <laughs> kind of a complicated situation, but I know somebody who met Bill Gates and also uh, knew his daughter when she was in college. She went to, she went to Stanford and um, uh, apparently at all times there was a private jet waiting at San Francisco international to basically take them, her and anybody who she wanted to any place they wanted. Wow. What a private jet! That's like, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, go go to college and just like, yeah, go wherever you want, whenever you want. Go to Hawaii for the weekend. Hmm. What about the planet? Uh, I'm confused. Yeah, I know. I that's kind of what I was thinking, but I mean, I, I it's probably it's probably because the jet was designed by Tesla. You know, something. Oh, it's that, an electric you know, jet, maybe. Battery powered. Yeah, probably. Really, it's the only thing that makes sense. Either that or it's powered by vaccines. <laughs> yeah, or freaking fairy dust. I, I, I made a comment on a video Bill Gates was on, and it was like, uh, it's just, it's now, now it's run of the mill because this is, this is all over YouTube. 
and I imagine it's all over mainstream television because it's like uh, it's kind of now it's kind of this boilerplate thing where it's like you're going to launch into the uh, the the meat is bad and meat is killing the planet uh, you know uh, sort of in your face propaganda and so this is under the guise of some um oh just some youtuber out here you know he's got a popular channel and he's like oh today we're gonna have lunch with bill gates and eat beyond burgers and talk about the planet and um my comment to that was like well i i learned today that when they wiped out the mass of hers when the early colonists wiped out the mass of hers of buffalo that that was uh actually a heroic earth-saving act and it was like people were asking me like what do you mean why it's like is i timestamp the video where bill gates goes into like how methane is killing the planet you know so if that's true, then it's like the buffalo were spewing out methane and, you know, good riddance to them, right? I mean, what am I missing? Like, Besides that, I mean, they're just like totally compacting the soil and everything else too, you know? So, I mean, yeah, fucking like, up the soil, like stomping and everything. Going wrong. Yeah. You know? Well, that was, that was probably why uh, Mother Gaia saw to it that humans uh, got rid of that buffalo problem. I think that's yeah probably the way it worked out on purpose well good riddance to the buffalo that's all I can say yeah (laughs) they are unbelievably delicious though they are delicious can't deny that one fact buffalo meat is good it is really good yeah it's, they, those, the, the hybrids they got, like the beefalo, or that's pretty good yeah. too. That's about as I, close I as I get to GMO. I just don't remember exactly how it tasted. GMO buffalo? No, I'm saying like uh, the the hybrid of the buffalo and the and the and oh the yeah, or whatever they got these mm. days. That's about as close as I want to get to a GMO. Oh right, yeah. Maybe they'll come up with Beyond Buffalo. <laughs> and then we don't have to worry about the <laughs> the future can bring us guilt-free Something buffalo. Yeah, future holds yeah. so much promise. Yeah. Now, okay, since we're going to go artificial meat, will it be culturally acceptable then to eat dog? Like Beyond Dog? Like we can have Beyond... <laughs> Like, because it, we can just lift the stigma on dog. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I bet uh, it wouldn't sell well, though. Well, what country are you talking about here? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, uh, I mean, okay. like, it's, I mean, like, the United American. States is not the biggest market. Right. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have, uh, like, for the Asian countries, they'll have, like, Beyond Cat and all that. <laughs> Beyond Civet Cat. Like, 
But, you know, like, what would really be interesting is to start having, like, endangered species, you know? Yeah. Well, Chris and I ate some uh, mountain lion. Well, not that they're endangered, but it was, like, a little exotic. That was not very good jerky. I don't know what the... If it had to do something with the prep methodology or what, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, uh, that was like eating if, cause you know, there's like e- e- eating your boot, you know, like a joke, like that, that was like eating shoe leather. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like, where, where do you score a like mountain lion filet? Yeah. Filet. I don't know. Oh, well, my uh, friend, cousin who works um, for a, it's it, it, they they basically handle uh, large game and stuff and and they do the butchering and all from hunting and this is up in northern Arizona and so he gets he gets uh, kind of the leftovers of all kinds of weird stuff but uh, so yeah there was some mountain lion. And that's how that happened, but yeah, I wonder what a fillet would taste like. Mm. I'm not oh, sure how I like that. So good, yeah. you purr. What's that again? I was just saying, no, it's so good, you'd be purring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Out in line. Um. What that uh, um, your brother-in-law brought. Uh, what was that? Kangaroo. Um. Ca- uh. Camel. Camel. I think that was camel. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Was it a camel burger? Yeah. Camel guy. What's that? How many stomachs does a camel got anyway? Oh, I'm not sure. Just, just to kind of follow up on that. Taste. Yeah, yeah. The hump. What is that? Like, would that be camel tripe? Hump. Is that is that tripe? It's like fat, isn't it? The or hump is like a tripe? fat lump. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, is tripe? Is that stomach what's tongue then? Oh, maybe tongue is tripe. I don't know. I can't remember. Tongue is tongue. Talk about cow tongue? Lingua. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's the tongue. Is the tongue. I did... I have had that... I don't know, a little too chewy for me. Yeah, I, I... It's some... There's some trick to preparing it. And I bought some, and I, uh... I attempted to like eat it raw. Not a very good idea. Yeah, not the best idea I ha- I've it ever had. <laughs> uh, it's like it, it's kind of in line with the mountain lion jerky, where it's like you better set aside a block of time to chew. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're gonna be busy for a while. <laughs> oh man! I've had it in menudo, but even there, it was still pretty, pretty thing and chewy. 
and that was was it was it supposedly properly prepared as far as you knew it was still real chewy uh, yeah i mean as far as i would have known yeah i mean i had it it's from a mexican restaurant yeah because i wonder how long you'd have to cook it to get it real right uh chewy i imagine what you, you, it was probably a lot chewier for you though oh yeah <laughs> very chewy Chewy extreme to the extreme end of chewiness. Did it have any flavor? Mm, not any real distinct flavor. Not really that I could I could really tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which meat are we talking about here? Cow tongue. Oh, cow tongue. Got it. Yeah, I wouldn't picture it being too flavorful. It seems like a not real flavorful section of meat. But somebody was talking. I, I forget who they were talking about. Cowtong tacos. And uh, hmm. oh, that's that, that's common. They sell. Do they sell those on those taco trucks? You, oh, absolutely. Lingua. You, you, yeah. Lingua. It's, it's like a, you can. It's all day, every day, every taco truck. Have you tried it? And it's good. It is. Oh, okay. absolutely. It's good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about the prep, I imagine, yeah. They got to, they got to, yeah, you give it to the right chef, and they're going to do it up proper. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the tongue is it has, like, that really nice combination of, like, glycine and glycine and... And, and alanine, you know, it's like brings out the flavor. <laughs> the right combinations of those. Yeah. There's, I'm sure there's a few other amino acids, but they're pretty, you know, minor components. Not not so significant. Well, looks like we got three hours and 13 minutes. Maybe I'll get around a lot to... Of the, there. Yeah, it's like just happened to look at it when it said <laughs> wait till 3.33 in the call. That may be a good... And, and today is like, wait, and, and for you guys, it's 3.3, three, right? Because you're out, you're further east than I am. Oh, is it? So, 3.3... Three, three, Oh yeah. Well, it's eleven fifty nine. Oh, we're like thirty three seconds away from three three. Right yeah, when Tom said that, is that a coincidence? Right when Tom said that, I looked at the clock and we were precisely at thirty three seconds away from three three. There's that. I'm just I'm just that dialed. <laughs> <laughs> You're in California. Just that esoteric. I, I, I am, yeah, yeah, stuck out in California. That's right. How's that going? Oh, they, boy. Uh, yeah, what was the, uh, wait, what did you, what was it? The, the, uh, what am I thinking of? 
New law, new law. Oh, did you say something about it, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah Chris was talking about, like, how you can't be 1099 anymore. I've heard oh, like, kind of like a rumor that's going around that you can't be an independent contractor any longer, but I'm not. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Huh? Yeah. Do you have any or anything, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I got kids. It's, it's California. It's cool. It, yeah, yeah. So. Did you have to get them I mean, it, shot up? Um, not yet, but next year is a different story. And so obviously a guy makes, um, yeah. So it's very serious because that's not going to happen. So, you know, now you're, you're faced with, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's unacceptable. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. It, kick your, kick your kids out of school. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's that's pretty much what it, it, it's equivalent to. Well, isn't this going to open up a business opportunity for doctors to give you phony uh, credentials, yeah. phony vaccine records, and stuff like well, that? I, would, I mean, I, actually, if if you didn't realize, that's actually why the law was there is because um, it already right. was only phony doctors who were writing the. Um, the exemptions as it is right now. In fact, uh, one of the things they talked about when they were, you know, debating this bill is how um, the only reason doctors were writing exemptions was for the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. the thing is, is the guys who are giving the vaccines are just doing it out of altruism. <laughs> right. So, so you got that. That's, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's just a matter of because uh, you know I'm talking about this too. It's like oh, you know they had the the the, the oppressive regime of China, and then they oh they implemented like one child policy. But like all that stuff they implement and all that stuff, there's there was like a a payola, payola way around all of it. The same way here, it's like they could pass any law they want, and then it just opens up a market for skirting it. It's like it always was with marijuana. It's like that made it more profitable by outlawing it. And yeah. then it was kind of like the it combined with it, it like served as this sort of takeaway strategy, like forbidden fruit, where it's like, oh, you can't have it. So yeah, a friend of mine, like I've known this guy since high school, and like he's always smoked weed. And like uh, I was like, yeah, man, how do you like it being legal now? And he's like, you know, funny thing about it, it's like I don't smoke near as much as I used to anymore because it's like boring now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the same appeal. Yeah. It's not. It's just like anything else. I've always said that too about drugs. I mean, not always, but I, I came to that realization a couple of years back because it's like you know we're always told that oh yeah we need especially like that's what pisses me off about like so-called conservatives too it's like yeah i could agree with them like but like on drugs it's like man how f more far off can they be you know because uh well i mean i can't say that i know f f you know for a fact how how it would shake out in this society if drugs are totally made legal but can't you look at like what is it portugal places where it supposedly has been done to not 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 completely legalized but decriminalized yeah haven't they shown that they're yeah. yeah somewhere in south america 
heard about that. And yeah, uh, drug it problems like decrease. Yeah, that's what they that's what they say. Like the uh, instances of uh, you know drug addiction and stuff like that has really dropped off. Which is like, how would that how would that be possible? It was like, well, with the with you know with the anecdote I just gave about a buddy there, it's like, okay, then that that makes sense. Like, because I've thought about this too. Is like, you know, like meth. Like, what if you could go to like the corner store, like a convenience store. And it was just as easily accessible as like uh, um, candy. Like they had diet meth pills. or diet pills. Yeah, or yeah, diet pills are probably better. Uh, no, I, I'm just saying that because I think it wasn't meth. Like it was diet pills. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, right? I think. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you got your joke. I thought that's what you were getting at. <laughs> I knew it as, and everybody knew about this too, that because you used to be able to buy this, and like I've heard of people like taking it, sort of back when I was younger. Uh, it's called Nodos, and it was in a, it was in a, yeah, and it was it was the chemical compound of meth. Same thing. Oh come on, really? Pretty for the most part, I think so. From what I understand, it was like it had the same general if maybe it was. Wait a minute. I have to look it up. Maybe I don't want to put out. No. I think he spelled it with a Z. Those. Oh. Yeah, I think it's no, no, D. Yeah, exactly. Generally speaking, what you want to do is uh, take five of those things and dissolve them in your Mountain Dew. Mm, nice. Get some real work done. Tom knows all the tricks. If you're la- if you're, if you're if you're lacking motivation, <laughs> <laughs> cure for lack of motivation. The original energy drink. Yeah, the O. The O E D. Original energy drink. What was it? No dose and Mountain Dew. I think that's how you do it, yeah. Like a box of Nodos dissolved in a 20-ounce Mountain Dew. <laughs> wow. So you, you want, actually, it, it, it's kind of like a chemistry experiment. You just want to reach, you want to saturate the solution. That's what it comes down to, okay? So that basically you can't dissolve any more Nodos. Just keep on adding it. <laughs> to the so. saturation level. And, For those who don't know, Nodos is a methamphetamine. It's a methamphetamine. Okay, that's what I meant. Hmm. Well, I, didn't, I didn't actually know there was a whole family of them, huh? Mm-hmm, yeah. Some's, Ill- some's illegal, some's ain't. Like, used to be where you can go to this, which is pretty bizarre when you think about it. Like, you could still find this because they had... They had cannabis pills, uh, off off the count, off the shelf, like morphine, and it says it on the bottles too. Like you could go get it, you can go get whatever. It's interesting that people were turning Sudafed into meth, but not no dose, not no dose. 
Yeah, I wonder why. What's Sudaf? What's the deal with Sudafed? Because I remember because well, I had allergies all the time and I used to take or something like that. Yeah, I've taken a lot of that in the course of my life, and it was like because uh, I had at times such of severe allergies. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's that Sudafedrin. Yeah, and I, I just remember really not liking it at all. But like I'd be so miserable with the allergies that it was just kind of like the lesser of two bad spots, you know. Yeah, it's either that or like back in the old days, it was like over the counter stuff. It was like Sudafed, like make you feel terrible, or Benadryl, which I can't stay awake. Well, then they came out with like Claritin. You remember that? Or it's that's still out there, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like I, I, when I first started taking that. I was like, "Oh, this is a lot better. This is great." But like, it seemed like this seems like with all drugs to me. Like, if I start taking them on regular basis, they they lose their effectiveness. Like, mm-hmm. they won't. It's just always like you have to continue upping the dose. And the problem with that is like the side effects of it. It's like, yeah, if I take two or three of these which I'll have to do to make them effective as what one used to do then I'm going to be out of commission I'm not going to be able to do anything it was like I it didn't work yeah definitely experienced the same thing wow so like what are they going to do about like yeah all these Lyft and Uber drivers they're not they can't be independent contractors anymore I was just looking at this article about this in ninety nine law in California. Is this even saying? Man, California is like wrecked. Yeah, I don't know. I've Beautiful heard that thing. California is just... as it is. It... No, go on, yeah. Yeah, no, just that, uh, you know, I've heard that California is like, like one of the hardest states to have business licensing as it is. Oh, yeah. It's like, hard to get a business license. Yeah. Through there. Mm-hmm. So, best description I ever heard of California was before I moved here, a uh, guy who had lived here and basically told me it's a great place to live if you're really, really rich or really, really poor. And a very hard, a very hard place to live if you're trying to be middle class. And truer words are rarely spoken. So I think he he nailed it. Oh yeah, it'd be great, great to live out there if you're rich. Yeah, or poor. Poor is fine too because the thing is, is like at least you're you know if you're poor, you you're generally speaking not aiming for the stuff that everybody else is. So there's right. no rat race in that sense. You know. Yeah, that's true. It's it's yeah, beautiful. Hard, the weather's outstanding. But is it Beach harder time. to get by if you're poor? Oh, no, really? I knew like a lot of people out there that would be like living in. Uh, but the thing is, yeah, your living situation like a lot of people would live like five, six people to a small rinky-dink apartment. But then then the other other hand, too, is like you're not generally there except for just a crash. So it's like so you have like a crash pad and you're just hanging out at the beach or doing whatever all day 
being a freaking bomb. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you got your little crash pad, which is like a mat on the floor of some rinky-dink apartment that, you know, everybody's sharing the rent, and the rent's probably like 1700 a month because it's, it's by the beach. But then you got it split, yeah. like, between split eight people. Ways. That's like $10 a day per person. Yeah. So it's like that, a lot of that That's going on. Uh, like, I, the whole time I lived out there, I always had roommates. And uh, I've lived in some nice areas, like uh, La Jolla and places like the re- uh, the only reason why I got into La Jolla is like uh, his friend at school. He's like, "Yeah, you want to?" I got this apartment. He somehow finagled like a like a fixed rent thing. I don't know how he got into that, but like the rent was like cut in half or something, and we split. We were splitting rent in La Jolla, which is like in probably one of the nicest areas in San Diego. That's that, that's uppity. Yeah, it was uppity. It was, like, pretty nice. But the thing was, like, I was going to school and working. I was going to school full-time and working full-time, so it was like I was never at the apartment. But it was a really nice apartment in a nice, super nice area. You know, one one thing that is pretty awesome about California is that um, because the weather is so consistently excellent, this is more true in like Southern California than Northern California, but you never have to worry about like working hard. Um, because you, you know, like you, you can work hard on a nice day. You don't have to worry about like whether there's going to be another nice day. Like whereas if you're living like in London, something like that, you know, if you see like a beautiful day, you better like skip work. Oh yeah, I think like that's kind of like at, you can you can be pretty productive in California if you you know if if you're weather sensitive. Yeah, so that's yeah that's another that's a good point about that because it's like yeah you could you have a lot more uh, yeah potential productivity, and then it's so, and then like yeah if you want to be just like a a bum and hang out in California. There's so many other people doing it, so that makes it more sort of overall viable, like as a lifestyle. Yeah. By the fact there's so many people doing it. Free needles. Free needles. Yeah. There's just straight up cash handouts in San Francisco, as far as I understand. I think, like, basically, if you can show that you're homeless, uh, you can get something like $500 a month cash. What? Wow. So that's. Nice. Yeah. No, seriously. Absolutely. Like pocket money, huh? Just here you go. Yeah. How do you yeah. prove that you're homeless, I wonder? Yeah. Well, just tell them you don't have an address. Right. Yeah. How do you I prove mean, you're not homeless? That's probably a better question. Yeah. I, 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 whoa, whoa. Hey, Logan. Who's Blake. the burden of proof on? How do you prove it? Yeah. There's no it? studies that Wait. say that I have a house. <laughs> 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 Because <laughs> I mean, oh. I feel like next time I'm up there, I, I can. I don't know. I, I probably would. I, I'm sure they would make you wait and stuff. It probably wouldn't work out too well. But I don't know about that. Be, I don't. I don't. No, like just, just on the show, you're like, I, like you're great. 
if you can if you can make the last leg of your trip on like a Greyhound or something and <laughs> somehow yeah. Well I mean I can park somewhere else and walk to wherever I need. Just, yeah. How do I get the five hundred dollars? I don't have an address, <laughs> I don't have a wallet. I'll have like I'll bring my dog, I'll have like a, like a jump rope for a leash. Oh yeah. Does the dog have a bandana? Oh, oh you need a bandana. bandana. Yeah. You need a piece of cardboard and a bandana and a Sharpie. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> and then you're in. I've heard too that like you go to like Oregon, Washington area, uh, there's food food bank food banks all over like or Portland, and you can just go around and get good groceries all day for free. You just walk in there. You don't have well, to prove nothing. You don't have to. Sh- you don't have to show ID. You don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to have any cards or anything. You just go in there. You load up groceries. You walk out. No questions asked. That's what I was told. Top quality vegan. Good yeah. vegan stuff. Yeah. For free. For free. And there's and then these food pantries are all over the city, all over the place. Who's sponsoring this? Just or is just like it actually it do gooders, I guess. It, it just <laughs> yeah, get everybody hooked on the fake meat. <laughs> but then I, I, I saw when I was up there, like people yeah. in tents living in the median, and it's like I was kind of checking it out. It's like that's not too bad of a little setup there. He had like a nice tent, and it was like a green, nice lawn there. And he's like, you know, situated out, and it was like that's a pretty good central location too, because there was like all kinds of little coffee shops and stuff around that particular area. You had to watch it crossing the road, but it's like so you have that, and then you got your tent, and you got a nice weather area there. It's pretty good weather, from what I understand, and then you got access to all this free shit, and then. Why would you have a job? That doesn't make any sense. Like, because like people talk about the homeless. It's like, why would you have a job? It doesn't make any sense to have a job there if you got all the nice weather and a nice lawn to kind of kick back on with a tent and everything, and you got access to all this free stuff like food and everything. Kind of stupid if you do work, you know. Hang on, like you're you're telling me. Uh, you don't you don't value the Google bus Wi-Fi taking you to work down in Mountain View. <laughs> like, how, how can you not care about perks like that? You, I mean, you might still work and then just need like not be able to afford a place to live, and then but still benefit from whatever you, you're able to buy from the probably benefit more because if you're not paying for a place to live then I don't know saving up money and who knows travel or whatever honestly I I think I think you're onto something there like uh, you know if if you actually were you know like some tech guy living in a tent and riding the bus to work and I mean like you could probably save up like 
$10 million pretty fast these days, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like van life and all that, they say too, like there are a lot of, there's, there's quite a few people doing that, like working in Silicon Valley and living in a van and, uh, oh, for sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah. With that yeah. very thing in mind is saving up money. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there are streets that are just, uh, covered in, in RVs these days. Yeah. This one, uh, YouTuber, he does, uh, the, he was in a van and he upgraded to an RV, but you know, he does videos and he was parked outside of Tesla's headquarters and he was walking up yeah. and down the street and there was like all these damn RVs and stuff parked out there somewhere in California. And right. So if the rent is $8,000 a month or, you know, buy an RV, it's not that hard a calculation for people who don't care about image. Yeah. And I was wondering too, is like, are those, a lot of those people employees that just park across the street and live in an RV and just walk across and go to work. And that's why, because it's like that would make, huh? That, that, that's Elon's RV right there, dude. <laughs> like Elon's living in an RV. Yeah. He's a front yeah, man. He doesn't really have any money. He's got a, living in an RV. Then times are kind of getting tough. <laughs> you know, it's a really nice RV, but... <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. Tesla hasn't come out with the RV yet. <laughs> oh, a t uh, yeah, electric RV. We have room for the... It'd be all... All the room would be taken up by battery, but... It would be pretty. <laughs> I think they probably have like technology to levitate you, you know, in the middle of all the batteries somehow. Yeah, something, something to get around yeah, that. Like, yeah, and and with the with the AI and the um, and the augmented reality and everything else, it's like it still seems spacious. Yeah, or yeah, the vir so the virtual reality goggles project a bigger space than what you're really in in the virtual reality but you know like with because because i've heard this quote often and it's been brought up on, on the, the past calls like you know like the uh the future uh feudal overlords will be the ceos of corporations uh i forget who that quote's attributed to but then now, as we're talking about RV parks right across from the Tesla headquarters, that that feudal overlord thing kind of rings true. So you got the peasantry that yeah. can't even afford to live in a house, working for these multi-billion-dollar corporations, and the only way to to maintain a lifestyle is to, to live in an RV and walk across the street to work. And you literally live on the plantation, yeah, like on the property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like on the uh, company farm or the, yeah, if, and uh, shop at the company store and work for the company, I guess. 
Well, but yeah, but then on the other hand, too, it's like, well, are people doing that as a just a temporary situation in order, you know, for, oh, they want to save up money or, you know, yeah, that could be the case, too. It's not really. But then on the other hand, too, it's like, yeah, how many people are doing it sort of out of necessity? Because uh, I've heard, like, um, I don't know if that building was in Silicon Valley area or whatever, but I've heard, like, the rents can be incredibly high there, like, obscene. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, someone that, someone you've met too, Chris, actually, but her granddaughter lives up there, she, like in the San Jose area, and she has, she pays $4,000 for rent for like a three-bedroom house. Yeah. And that's pretty, <laughs> pretty insane. I couldn't imagine... I mean, four thousand dollars a month. Uh, it's just there's no way. Like, there's no way I can afford that. That's for sure. I don't know how anybody does. And 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 that girl's husband. He he he. I don't I don't I forget exactly what he does. But yeah, it's some kind of a tech company. Uh, I don't know if it's tech or some sort of computer job that he has, like for some type of. Whatever it exactly is, but yeah, something like that, tech-related, and uh, apparently makes good money and all. And but yeah, like four thousand dollars a month in rent—that's just mind-boggling to me. And it's not a very big place. It's just kind of a ordinary. From what I understand, yeah, it's 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 not a real big place, but it. Be, it's bigger than the the last place they were in that they were paying, you know, not not much off that either, you know. I don't know how anybody. I honestly, I just don't even. I same with like Long Island and stuff. I don't know how people. I, I people. I don't know people that I know and stuff. I, I, I it's like incredible how they make ends meet at the cost of living there. Yeah, yeah, I remember we were talking about too, like uh, business owners in Manhattan, like the rent they pay to have like a little small yeah. little shop. Like, uh, yeah, what you were saying it's pretty typical to like be paying for like a little small shop, like be paying like four thousand bucks a month or something like that, and uh, oh, like a pizza place or something, that. yeah. Yeah, and it's like it how to be more than that, or, or wasn't it even way more than that. What do you say, like ten thousand or something a month, or something like that? Crazy. Probably, yeah, probably for probably something. Yeah, I mean a commercial space. Oh, yeah, uh, and in Manhattan. Uh, I'm sure it would have to be. I was like, I was like wondering, like, okay, if it's a pizza place. How do you sell that many pizzas just to even pay the rent? Was that even be possible? Ten thousand dollars a month. But like that, 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 this is what forces you to get into pedophilia. <laughs> into what? Get one of those kind of pizza places. Exactly. Oh, right. maybe that's why. It's just some, <laughs> but they, they, it wasn't for out of perversion. It was just out of like financial necessity, like a, <laughs> necessity. Yeah, they have, economics, they have right? 
exactly. <laughs> One thing led to another, and like all yeah. next thing you know, we were just running a pizza place that got into some weird stuff. <laughs> it wasn't, it, we, we never intended it. It wasn't. It, right. We don't even know how it happened. <laughs> it was but, just inevitable. But, but all of a sudden, rent. yeah. But at least we were able to pay the rent. And then they got that one guy, the politician. Offered me a bunch of money. <laughs> what's that? What's that one guy that always runs for office? I think he's in New York. He's always running for mayor in New York, but he never wins. But it's like he, his whole thing is like the rent's too damn high. That guy. <laughs> I'm not even sure who that is. The rent too rent's too high guy or something. Probably find him on Google. <laughs> Alright y'all, it's gonna close up shop. Cause I'm Alright guys, have a good night. Yeah, right, good time, man. Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Alright, Tom, Richard, thanks y'all for coming out. It is March the third, three three, twenty twenty. It was March second, now it's March third. Yeah, thanks y'all for coming out. Um yeah, they dropped out. Now going to bed, going to bed. It's twelve thirty. If you're listening right now, why are you not in bed? You got work tomorrow. You got you got things to do. You're listening to Hoaxbusters call at two thirty in the morning. Why? But if you're listening to the recording and the podcast. Whatever you're doing, I hope you're doing it in good health. And Muhammad Coat says it's six thirty there. What the heck? How is that six thirty there? Six thirty in the AM PM? Who knows? Yeah, because it could be different times and different places on the flat Earth. But yeah, man. Yeah, thanks, Muhammad Coat, for coming out and. Oh, it's in the AM, 6.30, yeah. Oh, it's Wake and Bake, yo. 6.30 in the AM. On the extreme, extreme other end of the pond. Well, cool. This has been another installment everybody for coming out. Check out hoaxbusterscall.co Catch you next time. Take care. What do you want? We'd like you to help plan the news for 1973. Come again? Plan the news for 1973. This is going to happen in 1973 you're going to make this happen no we're going to make models much cheaper then we photograph the models fake news reels fake news reels for the past 10 years people have been looking at our fake news reels and listening to our fake commentary and they accept it for the truth and you can do it Stop a hundred people in the street. How many of them have actually seen a missile or a satellite? That they're, they're just told they exist and they believe it. Yeah, you're getting there. I knew you would.
Well, now the moon rocket and, and the satellite, that you can get away with. That's too remote for people to grasp. It's too far away, but, uh, but this... I mean, you invented this village on the Indo-Chinese border. Well, yeah. somebody could check out. Very mountainous territory up there. There'll be no survivors in 1973. No rescue work. Radiation scare. Yes. You can do it. This could be the news for 1973. Not necessarily exactly like this. We only plan in detail one year ahead. Oh, you only plan one year ahead. Hey, hey, um, tell me, what is the news item that's bothered you the most in the past year, 1967? Well, it, um... Well, it has to be the new American intercontinental ballistic missile, the, the, the Boy Wonder, doesn't it? Just the one I asked him to set up for you. The new ICBM, codename Boy Wonder, with a much-talked-about mercury warhead. Uh, I haven't any special effects up here, but perhaps with, with the proper sound. And Robert Larkin. Television director, high IQ, 35 years old, is scared. Scared by nothing, it doesn't work. It's a scientific impossibility. The same goes for the much talked about Mercury warhead. <laughs> First face. Well, if, if this rocket doesn't work, then the others? They have a fireworks party at Cape Kennedy almost every other day. Well, you didn't really believe there were all these things whizzing about up there, did you? Uh, Sputniks and rockets. <laughs> Astronauts crossing their legs for eight days. How long has this been going on? Since Hiroshima. And, and the H-bomb, you mean, that doesn't work either? Right. Dirty. Very, very dirty. What was your first reaction? Relief. Oh, yes. Yes, it has to be relief. Only 12 people are allowed beyond this point. Most of them uh, work in the photographic department, taking phony newsreel pictures of our models and processing film and so on. Sit down, please. In Vietnam, hundreds of people are being killed every week. Well, you can't do that with your models. No. And you can't kill people of bad habits in two generations. They like to carry rifles, they like to put lives on maps. And we let them because we control the situation. There's no danger of world war. Just a simple choice for everybody. Capitalism or communism. Strawberry or vanilla. It all adds up to the same thing now we've got rid of the big bangers. But how can you be sure that Johnson and Kosygin aren't working on other things? Poison gases, bacteria. Pathetic man of your intelligence. You don't want to destroy the world, neither do I. What makes you think the presidents are different? Well, they've made some pretty good stabs at it in the past. That wasn't the right sort of control then. Nowadays we know better. Politicians are easy to control. The grosser mentality boys who like to be photographed getting in and out of Daimlers in Whitehall. They come right at the bottom of our organization. A few rungs up the ladder, there are the people in the top secret factories. Just those in a position to know they're making weapons that don't really work. But there must come a time when somebody wants to use one of those weapons. I mean, 
Somebody is standing there with a finger on the button. Well, that's the beauty of it. Nobody presses the button. We control all the crises. We build them up and we shut them down. We? Again? Yeah, I'm coming to that. Near the top of the hierarchy, there are the economists, top civil servants, top brass in the military, those men who are supposed to view the nuclear tests and so on. And above them, CWNS. Right at the top. Classified World News Service. Just who the hell are you? It's obvious, isn't it? Just a few, just a very few of the top people in communications in every major country in the world. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 